I'm just saying in past history. Okay, okay. We'll, Let's we'll give, just we'll watch give you, the time for all the witnesses. And then. if you want to cut him off and censor him some more, you're welcome to do it. Oh, that's not my job. That's that's your job. Why don't you threaten the witness so that they can Mr. not want to be Mr. a witness? Kennedy. Mr. Chairman, I'm not exaggerating when, when I say that you have called before you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them. Why don't you threaten the witness so that they can Mr. not want to be a witness? Kennedy. Why don't you threaten the witness so that they can not, not want to be, be a witness? Okay. This is what we're going to do before we even get started. Mic check one, two. Chat, would you let me know that you can hear me? Let me see. Wait for the chat to get up to speed or to refresh. Let's go to Rumble. Make sure we're live on Rumble. We are. Let me see. I hope Viva spares us Trudeau. Yes. One, we can hear you. Holla freaking Luli. By the way, who was it in our locals community yesterday that said, have you tried turning it off and restarting it? You know what the problem was yesterday with Sargon of Akkad? Sorry, why that's reflexive. With Lotus Eaters, Carl Benjamin. You know what the problem was? My freaking mic wasn't plugged in. Not into the computer. It had it had become unplugged. Where does it plug in? At the cloud lifter thing in the back. Oh my goodness. I'm uh, super this is what happens when you move an office around too many times and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm clamping the mic to some I don't want to say antique desk. It's not, but Anyhow, it's what happens, and uh, the mic thing was working when I started, and then it must have slipped out, and then panic ensues, and then you make all the wrong decisions when you're in panic. All right, good morning, everybody. It's an early show. I'm going to be on the road today, so uh, no choice, but also it worked out well. Uh, two specific guests, and this is turning into like the morning show. One day, sooner than later, we're going to have like call-in capabilities, from what I understand. Um. But, uh, sorry, I just got distracted by this comment. Viva, I sat through that choppy thing because you forgot to plug in the mic. No, the choppiness had nothing to do with the mic. <laughs> I've got coffee this morning. Oh, I'm not going to pull a Scott Adams, but um, I have, I don't know, I've done a nine o'clock show. I haven't done one in a long time. Okay, I'm going to be on the road for the better part of the day, but it worked out well. Dr. Shiva is going to come on. Shiva, he's been on before. Um, and we had an amazing, amazing, it was either a sidebar or just a straight up interview where he went into his life and he answered a question. Remember he invented internet or he invented email. I should not the internet. He has in his bio inventor of email. He's got the patent, whatever the certification is. And I, in the interview, I said, what difference does it make? You know, like if someone wants to deny you that why fight for it? And he says, cause I did it and I deserve the recognition for it. Not a question of selfishness, a question of encouragement and recognition. And that answer stuck with me. If you haven't seen that original stream, go back and watch it. Dr. Shiva is going to come on at, uh, he's going to be a few minutes late, 9.05. And we're going to talk about his lawsuit. It's sort of a preemptive declaratory judgment. Who actually speaking of which, I better bring it up. Um, because he's running for president. He is not a uh, natural, well, he's a naturalized citizen. He's not a natural born or native born. I forget what the exact term is, but we're going to go over it. Not born in America. The question is, can he run for president? The intuitive answer is no, he cannot. That's the rule. You have to be born in America, not necessarily to um, citizen parents. That's one argument, anchor babies becoming presidents. 
Uh, but we're going to talk. He's suing. Preemptive lawsuit. Declaratory judgment. It's going to be interesting. 10 o'clock. Jason Levine. I'll share his Twitter feed a little later on. Is going to come on. And um, he's going to talk to us about the Coots 4. I've talked about it a few times now, making a bit more of a stink about it now that Sheila Annette Lewis has uh, resolved her um, organ donor dispute with the province of Alberta. Let's pick another um, injustice to really shine that beautiful spotlight on to quote Robert Gouveia. So 10 o'clock, uh, Jason Levine's on. Then I hit the road and, you know, locals exclusive stuff is going to be happening after that. What we might actually just do even before we get started is I'm going to just bring this all over to, to YouTube in a few minutes, but not before I shine that big, beautiful spotlight on YouTube chicanery. Back in the day, look, th this has been my progression of a red pill. Back in the day, I was timid. I was polite. I was reluctant to share my opinion because what's the point of making enemies in life? You know, life is short. Then I realized you're going to make enemies even if you stay quiet because silence is violence. And if you don't, uh, you know, punch a Yahtzee, then you're, you are a Yahtzee. Uh, but I, in my YouTube uh, career, if we can call it that, which has culminated in my exclusivity with Rumble because of the YouTube chicanery. But for those of you who have been following me for five years, I shouldn't say following, but have been subscribers for five years, you've seen it. Once upon a time, 2018, I did a breakdown of the Alex Jones deposition in the, I believe it was the Connecticut Sandy Hook defamation case. I'm on my roof wearing sunglasses, making, uh, what's the word, cringe analysis like nobody's business from a delivery perspective. From a content perspective, it was sufficiently on point that it actually got Robert Barnes's attention, and then that's how we actually ended up meeting. I did a video deposition analysis of uh, Alex Jones and YouTube removed it for violating its terms of service for hate speech. Uh, I had been getting wise to YouTube's uh, arbitrariness and I actually made an entire playlist called YouTube chicanery because no rhyme or reason. Talk about uh, ASAP Rocky, demonetize. Uh, analyze a legal deposition, hate speech removed from YouTube. I appealed it. Uh, the um, appeal was rejected. And then out of the blue, a couple weeks later, the video reappears on YouTube and not only reappears, but gets remonetized. Well, I've had yet another uh, run-in with chicanery. And I'm telling you, I'm going to explore a legal theory, not necessarily in the court of law. I'm going to put it out there in the court of public opinion. And anybody who has the necessity of filing suit, filing complaints, although I might, I might have the necessity or the intention of filing a, a complaint, I'll throw the legal theories out there. You know, we... Lawsuits to uh, sue YouTube as a government actor have failed thus far, although there's a, a promising precedent coming out of Missouri versus Biden. You know, once it becomes clear that these social media companies are actually acting at the behest of, of government officials or government entities, it becomes a little easier to make the argument that these social media companies are an extension of government, undeclared, undisclosed, carrying out the censorship sensorial censorship whims of the government we know this now twitter files we know it definitively back channels we know it meetings we know it cia fbi meeting with zuckerberg get ready for some disinformation we know it happens that said as of now you know the government uh entity uh has failed as an argument uh section 230 claims have failed as our or sorry a lot of claims have been rejected on the section 230 I've always had a theory, deceptive business practices. I can't complain about consumer rights because if I use YouTube as a business, I can't purport to be uh, you know, a, a lowly consumer. 
I can, however, raise the flag about deceptive business practices as I've floated a little while in the past. Deceptive business practices or unjust enrichment. But all that to say, re real quick, I had a video that has been on YouTube for over two months, give or take two months. Let's see if I'm going to get the right thing here. My interview with Francois Amalaga, uh, a Cameroonian lives in Quebec, uh, protested COVID lockdowns, protested COVID mandates, went to jail. I had a, it was a marathon of an interview. Been on, the, been on YouTube since the day of the interview. As far as I know, it was monetized as well. Out of the blue, two months later, I get an email saying, we've removed your content. Interview with Francois Amalaga, jailed, fined nearly $100,000 for COVID stuff. Uh, what did it say? Because it's a first, by the way, 4,000 videos, 1,500 live streams. First, after the, the wrong one with um, Alex Jones, they took it down. Two months later, after it's been on the platform, monetized, they'd made their money off of it. Oh, what was, the, what was the violation? Medical misinformation policy. And I appealed it. Comes back, no. Oh, sorry, we've reviewed it. They, they, they didn't even have barely enough time to rewatch the entire interview before the appeal was rejected. And then I DM them, you know, I take it to Twitter. They DM me, say, nothing we can do. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. Nothing more. Unfortunately, there's nothing more we can do on our end. Your video removal and appeal are very carefully reviewed based on the policy violations we shared in our last tweet. We really appreciate your understanding. Bull crap YouTube. You've carefully reviewed it. You can tell me the timestamp where there's violative content. You can tell me the rule that I violated, not your three pages of rubbish. You've made money off of it. You've, you've garnered traffic off of it. And then two months later, once you've used and abused of the content, you unilaterally, I don't know, was there a mass flagging campaign? I know Francois Amalaga has made a lot of enemies in Canada. I know his content does get flagged. I know people show up at his house, slash his tires, assault him. We talked about that during the interview. Bullcrap, YouTube. There's more you can do. In fact, there's more that you know you can do that you're not doing because you like it like this. And if someone doesn't call it out as a deceptive business practice, it'll never get called out. Maybe someone's going to sue them, have a novel lawsuit against YouTube for deceptive business practices. Or I tagged... Uh, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, just a complaint. Hey, I'm not a consumer. I'm a merchant. I'm doing business. This is a deceptive business practice. You make money, you get traffic, you build your platform, and then in the dead of night, you strike the channel that you just built for traffic, money, and um, attention. Now, speaking of novel lawsuits, I see our guest is in the backdrop. Dr. Shiva? Um, Dr. Shiva, it's going to be... Well, you all know him, but we're going to do the 30,000-foot overview just in case some of you have missed the first interview. Uh, I'm going to bring in Dr. Shiva right now. Three, two, one. Sir, can you hear me? Yes, Viva. How are you? Good to have I'm you. Very, I'm very good. I'm very good. Um, good. Oh, so I'm having my... It's not a problem that I'm having with YouTube, and I honestly don't care about it, but I'm going to... I, I have the, the luxury of making a big stink about it, and I'm going to make a big stink about it and float novel ideas. But speaking of novel ideas and novel lawsuits, Dr. Shiva, uh, you're, you're entertaining one right now. We're going to talk about it today. But for those who may, we'll do the brief intro here, then we're going to bring this over to uh, Rumble exclusively. For those who don't know who you are and might have missed our, our first interview, let the world know who you are. Well, my name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Um, you know, globally, you know, I'm known as a founder and the uh, uh, leader of what's known as a truth freedom health movement. Um, and it's a movement about 400 million people know we have in the, uh, and we put about half a million people through training in this movement. And the movement is really dedicated Viva, as we've talked about before to, uh, systems thinking. Uh, my view is that the only way out of the left, right, or what I also call the obvious and not so obvious establishment, uh, 
uh, front end that those in power put forward is to teach people how to think from a systems perspective. We live in a world of systems right now. The elites around 10 to 20,000 people actually know how to think from a systems perspective. And um, there was a video I did a couple of uh, weeks ago, I think it got like 20 million views, it went viral on its own, called The Swarm. And um, I'll send you a link to it, uh, Viva, people will like it. But it's a video that really explains, people try to say who is the establishment, right? And they try to point one finger, oh, it's this group or that group. But when you take a systems perspective, which really emerged out of the 1900s, anyone can learn it and you really start identifying in a much more broader level what's actually going on in the world right now. So that's one of the things I do, Viva, but that understanding and sort of the current thing that I do comes out of my work um, as an MIT PhD, as a, the guy who invented email when I was 14 years old, uh, someone who's taught all over the world. Um, but fundamentally, I'm a scientist and an inventor and I'm running for president for the United States as an independent candidate, because I believe uh, that's what's occurred is that we have this left-right narrative and more importantly, the much more devious, obvious and not so obvious establishment. In the United States, the not so obvious establishment is led by a guy called, I call him Booby Kennedy um, and Trump, okay? And we will talk more about that. But at a fundamental level, I've been, you know, I'm a guy who actually does engineering and science, makes things, I'm not a lawyer, okay? But I've done law. You know, I probably have more legal experience representing myself in federal court than 90% of the US trained lawyers, uh, particularly in the federal lawsuit in 2020, where it was my lawsuit that got the first injunction, federal lawsuit, where I went up against seven lawyers in federal court to expose that the government has an unholy alliance with um, uh, big tech. And in fact, the first line of that lawsuit was called the weaponization of government. And it's quite interesting that the subcommittee on the weaponization of government does not have the wherewithal to invite me, but they invite for theater and show freaking Kennedy, who was is supports the censorship infrastructure, including supporting Musk. And uh, you have a very, very interesting world right now, Viva, and we should talk about it because you have the Republicans supporting Twitter and you have the Democrats supporting Facebook. And they're once again going to shove under the rug the fundamental issues of the government and big tech's unholy alliance. So being in the center of that, the guy who discovered that, and being left out of that discussion will point everyone to the fact what's actually going on. So when you look at the uh, my arc, you know it's gone from India, where I was born in India, came to the United States in 1970. I was very motivated to understand systems, medical systems, how systems of power work. Uh, you won't find a lot of Indians like me in the United States. We are considered low caste untouchables. It's very interesting for me to see in the last two years, they found a bunch of brown figures like this guy Vivek, who's a big pharma shill, a Brahmin, by the way. To his, and But meanwhile, all the work I do gets made invisible. But um, it's quite extraordinary to actually watch this from my perspective. And um, uh, But in 2020, people know I brought all of that together. I was the first guy who exposed Fauci, did the fire Fauci campaign while Robert Booby F. and Kennedy was supporting lockdowns. And, and I think everyone should stop getting on the booby fucking bandwagon because he's part of the problem. You know, he's every recurrent year, every 10 to 20 years, the establishment says, shit, the masses are rising up. Let's figure out some fake leader to put front of them. In 1984, it was Jesse Jackson. And then you had Bernie Sanders and then you had Trump. And now they're promoting Trump from the left and the right and booby from the right, uh, from the left to essentially manipulate people to have faith in the establishment. When you look at the history of these individuals, both of them supported lockdowns in 2020. In fact, uh, 
severe lockdowns and, and supported, Kennedy particularly said, we need lockdowns, it's gonna save people from the COVID spread and it's gonna save the environment for climate change. But he has like not only two tongues, he gets five tongues. And it's really unfortunate to see smart people who claim they're against the establishment get on the Kennedy bandwagon or the Trump bandwagon. It's a disgraceful, I think. And fortunately, uh, because we're an independent movement, we don't owe our views or our monetization to any of these guys. So you have the right now sucking up to Kennedy and they get all the views. And if you look at what's happened to my views on Twitter, I used to get 30,000 retweets in the old Twitter. When I got back on, on December, after two years of being thrown off, which was the basis of that lawsuit, um, my, I, I, I did a tweet. You may, I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it said, uh, hey, Elon, why don't you make me the CEO of Twitter? Yep, I I'm remember the real fighter. That, that got like 20 million views, 500,000 views per day. And then shortly thereafter, I started hitting Musk. I said, are you going to remove the backdoor portal to Twitter? And my views went from 500,000 to 300,000. You can literally draw a curve how many tweets I did and the impressions per day. And now it's down to around 5,000 per day, all right, on average. All the conservatives, including James Woods, the, I call, uh, what's the name, Dinesh D'Souza, you know, they're all supporting Musk. Oh, he's great. All, everyone's bowing down to him, Mike Adams. But the reality is Musk is doing censorship 10.0, which is really keeping people in digital cages. You let him on, free speech doesn't equal free reach. If you say shit against him and you're not part of the club, you get unpromoted. We have all the data and we'll be doing a follow-up lawsuit on that because a lawsuit that we won in Massachusetts when the judge tried to buy me out, that's going to be extended to going against the government. And by the way, in those lawsuits, I represent myself. In fact, my lawsuits were so good, um, Viva, the head of Wilmer and Hale, which is the number one law firm in the, in the world, in the United States, definitely. She said my lawsuits were done by somebody else. So that was the strength of, uh, to me, lawsuits are almost like software. They're very uh, beautiful, actually, if you use the case law right and you weave it together properly. So um, anyway, so it's been a very fun uh, lifetime. And but the most important thing I am very passionate about is integrating science, engineering, politics. And that's what Truth, Freedom and Health is. We teach people every day how to think from a systems perspective. And anyone can learn this. And we do that at truthfreedomhealth.com um, and our campaign fundamentally, the reason I'm running for president is because typically you have the obvious establishment on the left or the right, and then you have the not so obvious establishment. And we're at a very critical time in American history because the elites are recognizing, or I call them the swarm, as recognizing that people are waking up, but that's why they've created the not so obvious establishment and they push and they give them a lot of publicity, negative or positive, they get to be on the theater front, Kennedy and Trump. So right now is there's a pageant show going on, will it be DeSantis, or you know, the obvious establishment or the not so obvious establishment. The establishment doesn't care as long as you suck up to one of these people and you get drawn back into the top-down politics versus building a bottoms-up movement. And Kennedy literally steals our stuff, literally word for word. He's a total scumbag. <laughs> now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna That's bring a up technical a technical term and I'll <laughs> define it why I say that. Well, we're, we're gonna bring this over to Rumble now, but I'm I'm gonna bring up a few nasty comments, or I should say critique comments, because First of all, it's like once you attack Trump and Bobby K and RFK Jr. and DeSantis, it has gotten very tribalistic, uh, partisan, even within within the two factions. And so once an independent like yourself comes up and challenges one of them, you'll get uh, accused of vote splitting. You'll get accused of being controlled opposition so that you're trying to sow discord among 
uh, you know, what have to be allied forces. So I'm going to bring up a few things just so that uh, people don't think I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I don't even care what people think. Just to ask you the questions that I know people are thinking, because when someone hears someone confidently come out almost arrogantly and say, uh, you know, these people who you are worshiping are, in fact, not uh, worthy of worship. And people have for the last five years um, sunk themselves into that line of thinking. It's going to be upsetting for them. And whether or not you're right, I, you know, I, I think I read your lawsuits. I remember you being the first one. And I remember what people said about you at the time. Uh, when you got the um, oh, you, when you were the first one to reveal what was effectively the back door, uh, and at the time, the entire not only the back door, Viva, we revealed the entire censorship infrastructure. I don't have the diagram here, and the judge wanted to seal that lawsuit, and he was going to do a Rule 11 on me. He gave me the first victory, and he said this lawsuit will be taught in every constitutional law class. We sent all the findings to Tucker Carlson in September of October of 2020. That bastard intentionally concealed it because he's part of the intelligence network. And that's why I call him fucker Carlson. And then he is. And we should talk well, about this. Well, here, I'm going to bring this one up. Sounds a bit resentful. And I imagine that you might be a bit resentful. That's not necessarily. Well, well, this, well I think I think a comment <laughs> like that comes from someone who's not using their full neuronal capacity. OK, because that's typically. Oh, you sound resentful. Well, it's not resentful. It's actual hatred. Let me be very. It's anger because these people are manipulating you. Two days ago, we had an MD, very smart guy, Harvard uh, trained MD out of California. He said, I saw the video with uh, Joe Rogan and uh, what's his name? Uh, Booby Kennedy. And he goes, I was so enthralled. I was going to give him money. And he goes, somewhere a video popped out of you exposing Kennedy and Rogan. And he goes, for two days, I had cognitive dissonance. That's what you're talking about, Viva. And he goes, I couldn't sleep. But everything you said was on the mark. And I didn't want to get fooled again. He came to our open house and he's become one of our leaders now overnight. When people are willing to let go of their cult-like slavement to thinking that a fucking Kennedy is going to save you or a fucking Trump was golden plated toilets, it means you don't respect yourself at a deep level. And you're looking to someone who came from families who were low caste Indians, okay, in working class communities. I owe nothing to these fucking people. And people better realize these people will never do anything. They have forked tongues. And Booby fucking Kennedy is a demon at a very deep level. And I will expose him. And my history, if someone want to look at it, you can go to 17 years old. I'm on the streets fighting for everyday people. Okay? Let me, so, let me ask so you this. My, you can compare my history to Kennedy's history and Trump's. There's going to be there's gonna side be by side. Two questions. Well, what was what was exposed? Now, is it the standard he was supporting certain policies at the time and is now Which no longer? One? Which one, Trump or Kennedy? Let's go, Where are you let's, go with, let's go with Kennedy. I mean, I think we know about the Trump. Oh my God, are you on Rumble already? Is it right? Well, hold, so, hold up, hold up. No, but you know okay. what? I'm going to put this on YouTube afterwards, anyhow. But we're going to end this on on YouTube now. Go over to Rumble. Everybody has the link. Right. It's in the pinned comment. I'm going to end it. How do I do this? And sorry, I was late to start on locals. By the way, I have also been told by uh, you know. Powerful, not powerful people. People who are at Rumble, I'm, I'm, I should be reminding everybody: download the app and turn on notifications, and obviously subscribe to the channel if you want, because that's how you'll get notifications in real time. If you go and you download the app and do immediate notifications, that way you won't necessarily get, you know, notifications for a live stream the day after the stream. Ending on YouTube. Go over to Rumble. We're on VivaBarnesLaw.locals.com as well, and we're ending on YouTube now. And this will come up in its entirety tomorrow. All right, boom, done. So. The lawsuit's pretty short, anyhow, so we won't need to spend too much time on that. Um, but let's let's hear. Let me know. I, I know the issues with Trump. Let's just go one by one. The issues with Trump is that he promoted the the jab 
as the well, you know, well, well actually actually i think you know the way i like to have this discussion viva so people learn this is not about individuals okay trump or kennedy there will be many of these people i just want to give a let me just give a one minute overview and then talk about it in that context okay is that is that all right oh yeah, yeah go for, no sorry i was just i'm just because without chat. that context what's going to happen is people will just see this oh this guy's just running for president he doesn't like these people that's not what it is so, well, so everybody- actually, if I may, if I may stop you there, they're going to say you're running for president because it's good for business. Uh, I, I don't want to pry into financials, uh, whether or not I, I presume, and I, I don't know. Maybe you mean I it's don't good know. for business. Well, it's, it's good. You, you have you have like a you have a uh, you have your the truth freedom uh, enterprise. Like it's not that's actually negative for business. Uh, okay, so I, I take that in a very you know don't take it the wrong way. Personally, it's insulting if you go no, look at my no, history. No, no, no you go look at my history. We ran against Elizabeth Warren here in Massachusetts. It was our Senate run which exposed Fauci, the censorship portal, et cetera. People do not think a guy, and you go back to 1981, I I led the biggest protests in the United States across the Mass Ave Bridge when apartheid was taking place. And I grew up in an apartheid system in India. So people haven't seen a real fighter like me, Viva. I'm not a fucking guy who comes from top down. So let's get this clear. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because I take that fucking personally, okay? No, no. I, well, I, hold on. Let me just say this. I take as that well, very. No, you, as, no. Let me finish, okay? Because it's really annoying when you said that. Don't take it personally, but I have to say that. If you go to MIT, I didn't even know about MIT until two weeks before I applied because no one told me I was a number one student in an all-white high school, all-white Jewish high school predominantly. Number one student out of nine hundred kids. No one told me about MIT. My mom had helped two homeless women. One of them had a boyfriend who said, oh, you should go to this place called MIT. Remember, aced every class, number one student. So I applied to MIT with a pencil because I, I, you know, I just to make this guy feel happy, I get into MIT and I think these people are crazy. They look like freaking nuts. So I decide not to go. My physics teacher then says, oh, you should go because you like Boston. When I, the day I landed in MIT, front page, it said this guy invented the first email system. But you know what? I was interested in systems. So I started the first newspaper on MIT, attacking the MIT establishment because they were, well, there was only 25% women, blacks and minorities were failing at MIT. And I began a very powerful radical newspaper. We mobilized the food service workers to get a better age. This is 18 years old. MIT had investments in South Africa. And you can go look at all of this. It's all on the web. And then during my PhD graduation, I was a guy who mobilized the U.S. out of Iraq war. 20,000 people in the audience getting my PhD. Half of them booed me and the other half gave me a standing ovation. When I went back to India for a two year stint, I was appointed by the prime minister of India to run the largest innovation center in India. And I had a beautiful bungalow appointed and I exposed all the corruption in India under death threats. I had to leave India on a third class train back to Nepal and here. All right. So I've been a fucking fighter because I never forgot my poor grandparents who had no shoes, who lived in huts. And I never forgot those working class people. And I've been offered many ways to get compromised. So don't fucking say I'm doing this for business. When I decided to run against Elizabeth Warren, it was because what I noticed with the lack of integrity, I had just my stuff about the invention of email had gone into the Smithsonian, this huge and I never wanted publicity for it. Huge uproar came calling me a curry stain Indian who should be beaten and hanged. 
calling me a fraud, all these kind of things. And we want a major case against Gawker. We put them out of business. All right. That's when I realized a level of lack of integrity among academics. And I never believed in electoral politics ever. I was always a ground activist. I never even voted. And when Trump ran, I said, OK, he has enough anti-establishment stuff. We put up around 2000 signs for him in the bitter cold. Politicians don't do that. OK, I'm an activist. And I happen to be a pretty smart engineer and scientist who's made my own way, earned everything I have. I'm not a Kennedy who dropped out of fucking school and his mom and papa got him to Harvard. So truth, freedom, and health is me and a movement. You want anything for free, we give it away for free. People can't afford it. So don't even bring that up. That's what fucking Kennedy does. Children's Health Defense Fund is his fucking boondoggle. This All is right, my now, life, okay? And I, I just want to... So running for president is about giving people a real option. This is not a fucking business. Okay, now, ju just, just to make sure we're clear, the question I was asking was not as an accusatory one, as an affirmation coming from my end. No, it I'm is, running it is, to win. We're running is, to win. We're well, running no, but, to win, Viva. And we're building no, but hold a movement. No, no, understood. But you know, the, the first thing is on the internet, you know, the accusations of grifting, it's the number one thing. I, I don't want to ask if you have, if you know, why don't you ask, why, why do you guys, why do you and Barnes support Kennedy? Oh, I, I don't support Kennedy. No, but as Barnes is out there sucking up to his, sucking up to Kennedy all day. Well, he, he, here, I, I, I won't answer for Barnes, but I'll at least offer my explanation for the yeah, support. I mean, is people are going to look at you, Dr. Shiva, and, and don't take this personally. They're going to say, and rightly so, you have. No chance, zero chance. You are, and I, and I've lived with these arguments. You're the Maxime Bernier of American politics. All you're going to do is create strife among the right. We need to elect Trump or Bobby to beat. Yeah, the yeah. So that's, let's, let's 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 talk about that. So let's talk about that in the large arc. Okay, let's get. Now you're asking a very important question. Okay, let's look at, and let's be very factual. How was changed from the time of slaves, from the time of Pharaoh, from the time people have been trying to change the world? Change has always occurred, not top down. Fundamental change has always occurred bottoms up and politicians came in much later. So let's go back to a very important time in American world history that people have forgotten, the 19, late 1800s, 1920s. And if people haven't studied that, let me give you the synopsis of it. That was a time of revolutionary change throughout the world. We were going from the agrarian society to the industrial society. In America, Viva, four American workers were hanged for fighting for the eight-hour workday in 1886 in the Haymarket riots. Okay, four American workers. In commemoration of the four American workers, every worker in the world commemorated that as May Day. You may know this. It's celebrated in, in Canada. It's celebrated all over the world, except in the United States. It got wiped out. But it was a time of the great upheaval. And by the 19, early 1900s, women led many of these movements. And these movements, same thing was occurring in India. There's a bottoms-up movement to um, throw out the British in a revolutionary way. Same thing with the Bolshevik Revolution, if you look at it. Russian workers against the Tsar. It was occurring everywhere. It was, a very, it was a zeitgeist of the time. One of the key features of that was it was everyday people coming bottoms up. It wasn't the Democrats or the Republicans. Now, those movements explosively grew. There's a wonderful picture in Times Square, and it's, um, uh, it's blacks and whites, millions of people in massive protests. Those movements, Viva, are what put the fear of God into the elites. They were bottoms up. They were uncontrollable. They weren't run by the Kennedys. They weren't run by the Trumps. It was well, small, decentralized. There. I agree with everything you're, you're saying right now. It was bottoms up to influence the top down. It wasn't bottoms up to say we're no, going no, to no, elect no. Joe Schmo. 
No, no, no. Yeah, it was it wasn't influence. They were it was a revolutionary upsurge and they wanted to topple things at a fundamental level. It wasn't to influence. No. Okay. Those movements in the United States, for example, got so powerful that the establishment realized that they needed to create a technique of co-opting. Okay. Give you an in India. When those movements came up, there were amazing revolutionary leaders who said, fuck the British. We want a revolution like we had in America. And what the British did was they parachuted in this fool called Gandhi. They named him Mahatma, which means God, essentially. And they imposed him on the Indian masses and to put a safety valve and to suffocate a natural good revolution. And what Gandhi did was he transferred power from men, white men with crowns to brown men with white hats. And India had massive corruption even until today. It never had a good movement. In the United States, something different occurred. If you look between 1900 to 1970, there were close to 150 million people striking in 11,000 strikes. And as the GDP of the United States grew, the apple pie, the wages grew for all Americans. And you can look at that. Rand just came up two years ago with an amazing report showing the wage growth with GDP growth. All right. However, those in power said, fuck, we can't have these peasants rising up. So. In 1950, this guy, by the way, in Wisconsin, in the United States, seven American workers are also shot by the National Guard fighting for the eight hour workday. Well, there's a guy called Joseph McCarthy. You may know him. McCarthyism comes from him. McCarthy was brought in to brand all of these movements as communists, Marxist, socialist. It must be being controlled by Russia, hammer and sickle. And so the right wing started attacking anyone who used the word workers unite, anyone who said, I want, you know, bottoms up movement. And then they got the left, the so-called left, you know, the people like the Kennedys, the Bernie Sanders of the time to overtake these unions, the not so obvious establishment. So by 1970, all of these unions fell apart. They essentially collaborated with Wall Street. And the data is between 1970 till today, if you look at the actual number of strikes in the United States, was maybe 2 million people participating in 900 strikes. And during this last, 50-year period, 60-year period, Viva, if you look at the GDP growth, the GDP has grown as much as it did between 1900 and 1970, but we have two American pies in the United States. One American pie is for the elites, and the other is that it's actually shrunk. So the wages of the first and second income quartile have shrunk in the United States because they stopped fighting. Bottoms-up movements. So when I talk about building a bottoms-up movement, it is about a systems overhaul. And when I launched our campaign. I don't have the graph here, but if I were to draw a graph that went like this, the life expectancy in the industrialized nations is going like this. In the United States, starting in 1980, it's going like this. And this is from Kaiser Permanente. So the life expectancy. So if you're an adult in the United States, your son or daughter's lifespan will be less than yours. And how is it? Is it the vaccines? No. It goes back to 1980 and the policies of 1970. It was the, the what occurred to the food supply, the healthcare systems. It is a whole bunch of systems issues. We need a systems overhaul. And typically, since 1970 now, every time they know the masses are getting upset, they find a fucker like a Jesse Jackson. And they're the wings of the establishment. So he'll say shit against one wing. And this is a dynamic. It's a systems dynamic. And they suckered them back in. Um, Jesse, uh, uh, what's his name? Sanders is this very effectively. You know, he, you know, he talked about workers. He attacked Hillary Clinton. But what did he do on the stage of the Democratic Convention? Lesser of two evils, and he's hugging Hillary. But this occurs with such a recurrent process. 
It is a innovation the elites have created. And so even so, if you look at Trump, Trump was, if you're, if you're a conservative and you say, oh my God, Trump is suffering so much. Well, bullshit. Trump was brought in at, to fuck up the white working class. They had used Obama as a not so obvious establishment. Obama, 57% of Trumpers voted for Obama. Fascinating statistic. And of the Obama printed $8 trillion in two years, and he essentially kowtowed to the big banks at the end of the day. So the white working class and the black working class were pissed off. So then they bring in Trump. And what was Trump's job? Lock her up, right? Uh, his people got locked up. Bill, Bill, Hillary Bill, never yeah. got locked up, right? Bill, uh, yeah. I'm against big pharma, you know, drain the swamp. He brought in the swamp. And then for four years, they kept the American white working class in abeyance. Oh, he's going to do something tomorrow. Trump's a seventh dimensional chess player. See, he's got to keep Fauci there. So for four years, they executed everything they wanted. So I'll, I'll talk about Trump. What did he do? Oh, 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 let me stop you right there just for one second, because you'll appreciate the, uh, the well, let's see, either irony, paradox, or the turtles all the way down. I have heard the theory that Mahatma Gandhi was brought in to pacify the revolution, nonviolent resistance, and thus the revolution was uh, less less impactful than it could have been. I've, you know, you always there hear the no term revolution. He well, stopped the revolution, create the Indian National Congress as a safety valve. Now, but you, you, so... And your theory and, and the theory that you're putting forward, which I which I agree with, and I think it's 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 been done and historically proven is bring in somebody to uh, be the controlled opposition. But this argument can apply whoever wants to say it equally of you, uh, Dr. Shiv. And I'm saying this not as an accusation, just as a reductio. Whenever people start fighting the system, they get called control opposition when they don't do it the exact same way that some people out there want them to. So you're going to be susceptible to the exact same critique that you're leveling now against the system. No, 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 no. It's very different. You need to go do the historical analysis of, an, of the individual and their life, their personal and public integrity. And it needs to be all laid to bare view. OK, because people doing that are basically have no brain. You need to look at these individuals. And this is why fucking Kennedy had the audacity to tell Megan Kelly in an interview when she said when she's and he starts squirming in his seat. Right. Because she starts saying, you know, Herschel Walker said he's a conservative, but then he had multiple abortions. And, you know, your uncle, you know, killed basically killed a woman. Right. And, you know, and he goes, well, you know, the personal integrity and public integrity are different. He's fucking telling you to your face. I may fucking murder my wife. I may fucking spit on cops. But believe what I say. People should go look at my integrity end to end. And that's we're at a point where people should look at do this person's words match their deeds. And that's where we're at, Viva. So it's a very important time in history. It is about a time where will the individual raise their consciousness? Are they going to say, oh, a Kennedy, oh, a Trump? Oh, are they going to look at the words and the deeds matching? So let's begin with Trump. Let's start with Trump, okay? Do the analysis, his background. Where did he come from? How did he make his money? Did he earn what he has? And I would say absolutely not. And let's look at when he decided to run. Lock her up was the campaign slogan. Would you not agree? I have video. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was lock her up and build the wall were the two slogans I remember. Yeah, and drain the swamp. Drain yep. the swamp, okay? okay? These were powerful slogans, okay? You know, the two-hour meeting I had with him when he praised me for doing all the election stuff, he called me, I initially didn't go. You know, all what he was doing is, oh, that's a good slogan. Let me write that down. That's a good slogan, okay? People need to understand these guys are actors, they're messaging experts. They look for messaging. So lock her up. Now, if you go back and look three years before that, I was interviewed by the New York Times 
senior editor about what I thought about Hillary Clinton putting her server in her basement. And you can go read it. It's the New York Times. I said, she should, it's, it's a violation of the grossest kind. She should be in jail long before Trump because a State Department server does not belong in someone's home. And in fact, a State Department official pulled me aside. He goes, Shiva, I got to tell you this. Everything you're saying is absolutely right. It's unbelievable she put a State Department server in her home so she could have deniability. All right, lock her up. If you go look at the videos, I'm gonna get special prosecutor, special prosecutor, day one. What did he do right after the night after he won the election? Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton's daughter, Chelsea, meets with Ivanka. And then he says, you know, she's, had, she's suffered a lot. And in fact, in a video, people are saying, lock her up after he wins. He goes, ah, that was for the election. But now we move on. That's a scumbag, okay? Nothing yeah. was done. That's one example. And if people are willing to have amnesia about that, that means you're a slave. Let's go to number two. Well, hold on, let's stop at number one. People are going to say, look, uh, he said it, uh, but the Republicans, the GOP, they, offer by, they operate by civility. They don't cross the Rubicons that the left has crossed. And so, you know, he's not going to be- Very different. Very different. The next day, Viva, he said that was for the election, quote unquote, the day after the election. So you don't have a fucking excuse. I say, shut the fuck up. I'm going to let the- No, no, seriously, not you. No, no, I don't. Not you. What I'm saying is the day after the election. Oh, no, what I'm saying right now, I'm going to let the the chat will fact check that. I don't have a Jamie to fact check that. I have the video. You want me to play the video for you? I have the actual video. I'll bring it bring it up if you can. How quickly? I'll forget it. We don't need to waste time on that. No, people can find the video was Trump the Swamp. I asked it as a question after I started connecting the dots. And it's a video where people are chanting lock her up. And he literally says, ah, that was for the election. Now we move on. Okay, so don't bring yeah, in the that, No, but that, that might be that might be the same thing as what I'm saying is okay. That was we're not we're, I'm not going to be the first president to prosecute my political this rivals. This was him saying that was purely messaging. Viva, don't excuse him for God's well, sake. Well, I I, I got to steal I got to steal man both sides and now he's in, lying. Having, there's no both sides. There's a truth. The both sides are what the devil does. Okay, the truth is the truth. He said that and he meant it. He was telling the elites always tell it to your face. And people say, do they really say that? It's like a guy who comes and abuses his wife and he beat the shit out of her. Oh, did he really beat me up? He gave me some flowers. No, he fucking beat the shit out of you. This is a slave mentality. It's like the king comes and rapes you, pillages you. Oh, but he gave me some food. Oh, he's a nice king. You see, it's a slave mentality. And this is a very different journey people need to go through. Do they have dignity for themselves, Viva? That's the question. So Trump said that. The next day he flips it. Give you a second example. He said, Big Pharma, go look at all the speeches. Big Pharma, you know, we got to stop Big Pharma. Well, on the day of his inauguration, he got a million dollars from Pfizer. He accepted it. He didn't have to accept it. Fact number two. Fact number three, go look at 2020, March of 2020. Who was the first person to call out Fauci? Me. And you can go look at all the Twitter streams. Go type in Fauci and you will see my name come up first. I put out a tweet which said this Pandemic will go down in history to support mandated medicines, destroy the economy, and and devolve you know devolve freedom into censorship. You can see it. It went. It had 50,000 retweets long before the grifters came in. The next day, I ran the fire Fauci campaign. Marla Maples, his former wife, reached out to me. She goes, Shiva, we love you. Me and Tiffany love you. I go, wow, great. So we did a podcast together, which you can find. And I wrote a letter on March 23rd, 2020 to Trump as a scientist, as an engineer who the year before 
had been invited, awarded by the National Science Foundation, the award, the prestige award to deliver the lecture on the immune system. And in that lecture, Viva, this is in November of 2022, sorry, uh, 2019, I said, look, mandating vaccines is fucked up. Why? Because 1962, the fucker John F. Kennedy is the one who passed the 1962 Vaccination Act. The Kennedys are involved through it end to end. And I said, the 1962 Vaccination Act is the core of the issue. It must be repealed. Why? And that's one of our campaign platforms. Why? Not like fucking Kennedy, I'm gonna create safe vaccines by this corrupt thing. He's a fucker. He wants to create more regulations. But the 1962 Vaccination Act was created by Kennedy based on the 1915 understanding of the immune system, which only had the innate and the adaptive. And therefore you're gonna subvert the innate, put a jab in and create antibodies. Well, by 1962, 98% of measles was gone and they created the measles vaccine in 1963. And that 1962 Vaccination Act created all of the corruption, Viva, in the United States. You probably had something similar in Canada, okay? And then people were getting injured because one size fits all medicine doesn't work. And my position was, it's not vaccines or anti-vax, it's about boosting natural immunity. So by 1986, there were many lawsuits. The other murderous Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, who murdered a woman here, got away with it and gets books written about him that he's the lion of the Senate. Because Just, the Kennedys- some people might not know. Ted Kennedy's the one who ran over a woman with his car while he was drunk. Not ran him. over. Worse than that, he was drunken fucker who ran off a bridge. The woman is dying inside a lake. He leaves and waits 22 hours to get his story straight. The father, Joe Kennedy, the master of PR. By the way, John F. Kennedy had venereal disease at a, as a young, uh, before, as a teenager, should not have been allowed into the, it was, X'd out of going into the Navy. His father changed the rules, made him a war hero, even though he blow up, blew up ships. The Kennedys have a history of being assholes. Then when that incident occurred right here in Chappaquiddick, Massachusetts, and, and the movie actually captures this, the father said, you fucking idiot, brings in 20 PR people and they redo the story. That's what happened. Those are the fucking Kennedys. And, and, and so, but Ted Kennedy, the reason I bring him up he was the next in that. So people are getting injured, filing lawsuits, Viva, in federal courts. Ted Kennedy on the Senate side sponsors a bill with Waxman, and it was called the National Vaccine Injury Program that was later shoved into a budget bill. Reagan signs it, and it basically creates the National Vaccine Injury Program, which is basically a pseudonym and anodyne term for protect big pharma. You cannot sue big pharma right now. The reason none of us can sue them for vaccines is because of that, brought to you by a Kennedy. And then they have this other fool, Robert Kennedy today, okay, who was a heroin addict, you know, did, draw, couldn't make it through school, Papa gets him to Harvard, couldn't get his bar passed. I mean, the guy gets handed out everything. Go look at his history and look at my history. I worked hard for everything I have. So it's time for people to realize why are you sucking up? Why are you a star fucker? That's how they call you in Malibu and Hollywood. When you go get their signature, being serious, Viva, because I was married to one of those people. Yeah, when I, you walk I, away, I, they laugh at you and they call you a star fucker, okay? These people use the term the masses are asses. So you look at the Kennedy lineage and you go look at my lineage. Now get, getting back to Trump, so he took in his inauguration, go look at his FEC records. Type in right now, FEC, Donald Trump, Pfizer, and it'll pop up. 
All right. So Trump was brought in as a one plus one system scientist equals two to quiet the American working class so they wouldn't build a bottoms up movement. And he executed flawlessly and he fooled a lot of people because Trump wanted to be a Hollywood actor. He wanted to be in production. His agent is a guy called Ari Emanuel, who owns Endeavor, formerly William Morris Agency, which runs every Hollywood actor, which owns Joe Rogan, that's his agent. So Ari Emanuel owns all the Hollywood actors and political theater, he owns UFC, and he just bought WWE. You see, it's all theater, man. And you can, if you really take away all the masks and you want to see things as they are, Trump is an actor. Then in March of 23rd, we sent him the letter. We said, look, don't shut down the fucking economy. I had a senior Stanford White House person call me anonymously. And he said, Dr. Shiva, Trump is not listening to us. Please do videos. You can help us. That's why, Viva, if you go look at it, I probably got two hours sleep since 2020 to 2022. You will see I did video after video after video educating the people on vitamin D, right? Never made a cent of it, okay? Zelenko took my protocol and packaged it. I could have made hundreds of millions of dollars. We taught people about the immune system, vitamin C, quercetin. I still get emails from people saying, Dr. Shiva, I was in the ICU. Thank you for your vitamin C protocol. You saved my life. So that's what I did, pure service. And the, and the record stands on itself. Now that letter got delivered to Trump. I said, don't shut down the economy, fire Fauci. I'm telling you this as an MIT scientist who is a world renowned on the immune system. And what he did, and I said, take the really people who are at pre-existing conditions, quarantine them, and the others put them on a protocol and don't shut down the economy. He didn't listen to that. On March of 2020, Trump was promoting lockdowns. And you can look at the tweet that booby fucking Kennedy did saying, yeah, the lockdowns, we need the lockdowns. And if we lift them, COVID is going to come back hard and we must save, and it's going to also save the environment. What did people do when a crisis is taking place? And don't give them fucking credit. Well, later on, after I attacked Fauci for a year, he steals my material and writes a book, Real Anthony Fauci. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He, he wasn't wrong about the environment stuff. I think I tell you, I've never seen more groundhogs in Montreal than ever. And apparently it's, you know, as a result of not having human disruption for a little bit, but a bing, bada boom well, joke. Well, um, well, the climate change scam is what he promoted and it's a carbon tax scam. Right now, I did a whole video on what's going on in Canada. If you look at the Canadian forest fires, Trudeau loves forest fires. He's a well, fucking so, arsonist. Well, uh, well, uh, and, and by the way, and, uh, not, uh, uh, abs there's been some, well, not, there's been some suspicious. There's been some confirmed arson. The only question is whether or not it's, it's linked or well, not well, linked, it's, but funded. It's, it's more of a telepathic model, right? So what you do is, if you really look at, from a systems perspective, forests, number one is you need forest management. In the ancient days, indigenous people would do their things. They would do control burns, okay? Number two, you need to make sure you have equipment when a forest fire occurs, those big bomber water things. He hasn't he hasn't invested anything in that. And then you need personnel, firefighters. Many of these firefighters were volunteered because they didn't want to get the vaccine are not there. And the third thing is, fourth thing is you would let farmers typically know how to handle forest fires. In Canada, when uh, the farmers were building the trenches, they, the police came and told them not to do it. And the fifth thing is the liability for arson in uh, Canada, as well as Australia and, and uh, California, is really not that much. It should be a fucking death penalty, okay? So they've created an environment if forest fire comes, and right now in Canada, it's $60 per ton for CO2, the carbon tax. By 2029, they want to bring it up to $170 per ton. 
this is a fucking carbon tax game. And the climate change model, and I'm a systems guy, I went through the IPCC report. No, none of those models take into account clouds, Viva. And again, this is why you need a systems thinker. When you add the clouds into the models, the clouds know how to control heat, okay? And they know how to maintain the Earth's temperature beautifully at 15 degrees centigrade. No different than your hypothalamus does. No different than your iris does. Your iris opens and closes to let in light. Same thing with the clouds do. And none of the climate change models include clouds. It's been left out. Yeah, but now now you're going to get into the um, the thing that Prince was alleged to have gotten into, the, 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 the... Oh, the, the chemtrails, where they're talking about trying to build clouds and put stuff in the atmosphere so that it creates Well, I, I haven't had a chance to investigate that, but I can tell you this. You know, a billion years ago, the sun was 30 degree, 30% less temperature, okay? 30%, not 6,000 degrees Kelvin, maybe about 4,500 degrees Kelvin. So if that's the case, you would think the earth would be a, a ball of ice. It's not true. Because of the cloud effect, we had waters, everything here. This is called a feedback system. This is why I train people on systems. And and by the way, Viva, if you can't afford it, you get it for nothing, okay? We give it away, all right? It's not about making money. It's because it's homage to one of my mentors, Jay Forrester, who died at the age of 99. He was a professor until 93. He said, Shiva, we got to figure out a way to teach kindergartners system science. And that's what this is about. Because when you take systems thinking, you figure out why Kennedy's a scumbag, why Trump is a scumbag, why the climate change is a scam, how to take care of your bodies. You Let me can stop apply you there. It's thinking to everything. It's critical thinking. For, for the forest fires, I mean, the system is, it's what I sort of call um, insidious corruption is that they, they it is setting up for failure. Thus, when it fails, yes. it's exploited for political profit. That, exactly. much, I, that much I agree with. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's a much more implicit model, right? It's not a direct conspiracy, you see? It's like, we're going to create the conditions. So when a forest fire comes, we sort well, of- And, and all you happen. need to do is, I don't know if you're paying attention to Trudeau's Twitter feed. It, it is a, it's truly a tragedy when a fire for a forest fighter, forest firefighter dies. Justin yeah, yeah, Trudeau milks it, a big deal out of it. Milks it every time. PR. Um, but now I'm going to push back on this. People are going to say a lot of a lot of your critique is ad hominem. And OK, you might be right. You know, Trump is who he was beforehand. He was an actor. He was a, an entertainer. Bobby, the Kennedy family is what it is. That doesn't who, who they were. You know, you can read into what it no, what no, it no, means no, stop in terms right of what they're there. doing. Stop right there. Stop right there. I got to push back on that. This thinking that you just said is what the elite's way to think. Oh, well, I do stuff in my private life, but I'll be. No, 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 no. What, no, 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 what, no, I, what I mean to say is where that comes from. That thinking. Well, yeah, hold on. And forget, but, have amnesia. Have amnesia for the fact I killed a person here. Have amnesia for the fact that. Oh, I no, said no, 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 no. No, forget yeah. that. But let's just let's just say he, you know, uh, for the killing someone. I think there's some punishments that are unforgivable uh, and disqualifying. That said, and when yeah. it comes to assessing current policy, it might be a bit of an easy way out to say, well, that current policy, even though I agree with it, I disagree with the person's history who's espousing it. No, no, They're- no, no. Even his current policy, Viva. So uh, let me finish up with Trump. So I just want, yeah. from a segment standpoint. So I've given <laughs> you one example with Locker Up, where it was he's admitting it's he's lying to your face. Another example with Fauci, where he had all the data. We collected 120,000 signatures. We drove down. I was the only one. I ran the Fire Fauci campaign. Where were all of these medical doctor grifters? You know, this guy, uh, you can look it up. This guy, uh, Bhattacharya, okay? Suddenly he gets made as a hero. Suddenly they found a bunch of brown guys because they didn't want this radical brown voice out there. He wrote a paper in early 2020, in a science policy paper, promoting lockdowns. Okay, so all of these people 
flip because they make money. This is the model. When when the shit is hitting the fan, looking over here, writing bullshit. And when it's opportune, they write books. Oh, yeah, the lockdowns were bad. Oh, yeah, Fauci's bad. You see, that's how the elites get it both ways. They get to have their cake and eat it, too. And that's the fucked up nature of them. It's no different than a crime is taking place here. And Viva, you're an independent journalist. You write an article saying, oh, my God, the woman got raped. Tucker Carlson walks by. He walks away. Two years later, he writes a book about it. And that's what he did with the backdoor portal. He brings the intercept on, which is a government front end. And he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe to Lee Fang that this is going on. Well, we sent him the documents. You can't believe because you suppressed our story. Why? Because I'm an independent person, Viva. And this is a very imp important point. They do not want to give me the views or the credit because it'll make them irrelevant. We're not connected to the left or right. We don't need to suck up to Bobby Kennedy to get his views because I know what that fool is all about. And in 2020, I was the first one to expose him. And everyone should listen to this. I, I, everyone said, oh, you and Bobby should work together. I saw what he did in New Jersey, okay? We ran the demonstration that stopped. We, I organized 5,000 women who mobilized and we stopped the bill in, 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 um, in New Jersey, okay? He came around his little SUV was telling, oh, she was upsetting. He's gonna upset the Democrats who I need to negotiate with. And then I started researching his history. He endorsed Hillary Clinton, not once, not twice, but three fucking times. Who is Hillary Clinton? Pro Monsanto, pro GMO, okay? Pro glyphosate. So you were running water keepers at the time. You didn't just say, I'm gonna vote for her. You put out public pronouncements. She got the most in pharmaceutical funding. You can't take away that history. 2020, I'm running against his nephew here. In 2020, in the heat of the pandemic, his nephew is promoting masking mandates, harsh vaccine mandates. He does a fundraiser for him, endorses his nephew, period. That's not principled. When you and I know in many families, Families were splitting apart over the vaccine issue. And then in 2022, in his own home, and this is why I find it degenerate that the independent journalists don't ever ask him this question. In his own home, people had to get the vaccine jab. Fact. And then he blames his wife. Come on. In his own home, not just any vaccine jab, the mRNA jab. So now he's running for president. So he speak his words, Viva, He's a very clever monkey. And I have emails from him to a former guy who is a Children's Health Defense Fund exposing him. And I may release all of them. This guy understands the not so obvious establishment. And he has chosen to be that. And I'm the only one exposing this because I understand the dynamics. But more importantly, we have a lot of people like that medical doctor who saw the video are getting it. People are not sucking up to him. And what did he do? Okay. What did he do? Every issue he takes, he speaks from forked tongue. Look at his speech on Ukraine. What does he say? Oh, uh, you know, I, we're all there for the right reasons. And then minutes later, I don't want regime change. Oh, I like my son being there. He's saying everything for everyone. Oh, because everyone can, oh, but Bobby said that. Bobby said this, as though Bobby's your fucking friend. He's very clever on what he's doing. He literally steals word for word our material and reuses it. Why is he? I had more followers than him on Twitter. When I get back on Twitter, my followers are degraded. His are promoted. Why? Why? Because there is a banana republic on Twitter, a banana republic on Facebook. You suck up to fucking Kennedy, you get promoted. I'll give you an example. James Woods, a conservative, was praising Elon Musk. 
when I expose Musk, again, I lost 20% of the conservatives. Oh, Dr. Shiva, you're too critical. You know, you got to be less arrogant. You know, Elon is here to save us. I said, fuck you. He hasn't taken down the portal. Moron, look at it. Look at the facts and look at all the facts. In fact, Clayton Morris, formerly at Fox News, asked him in an open forum, Elon, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit exposed the backdoor portal. Are you going to take it down? Ooh, that sounds like big brother. Let me get back to you, Clayton. That was in December. What we have now on Twitter is censorship 10.0. It's apartheid. They put you on so they can say, oh yeah, we put the, we put the darkie on, but he's, he's being a little bit out of hand, so we're gonna contain him, shadow ban him. And that's the new censorship where you don't allow true independent voices. You suck up to Elon, you will get promoted. So Linda Yaccarino, a WEF whore, gets brought in, okay? And then conservatives like, oh my God, Dr. Shiva, I'm so sorry I muted you and I blocked you. Okay, and then James Wood, and this is classic. He puts out a tweet, he goes, oh, I guess the party's over, something to that effect. I take James Wood as tweets and I retweet it, quote tweet, and I said, James, the party never began. Go look at the facts. You know what happens, Viva? That tweet starts going viral. James Woods deletes his tweet. And the next day, mysteriously says, thank you, Elon, for 100,000 followers. That little rat, Dinesh D'Souza, was promoting Musk. And then after the WF Yaccarino, even conservatives are getting it. We just got fucked. He's saying, well, she's a, you know, we should really look at her. She's not that bad. All these conservatives started backpedaling because they don't, they're not principled, Viva. And so what you have now is the left is supporting Facebook, Zuck, and the right is supporting fucking Musk. And they're literally doing a fucking goddamn wrestling match, Zuck versus Musk. Do you understand what they're doing? The underlying issues will not be addressed. The governments and social media companies are one. This is theater. And I should be on that testimony. Why is Kennedy being invited to weaponization of government when that was my lawsuit? And that will tell you he's a fucking useful idiot because they're going to say, oh, see, the, it's, it's the left doing this to the right. No, Democrats, it was Trump who created CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency, which created this censorship infrastructure in the United States. Look it up. Well, and, so, uh, people there will say, all right, you know, Trump, uh, it wasn't Trump, but rather the administrative state doing things while Trump is at the helm. Legitimate yeah, yeah, Trump criticism. has big balls, right? Trump says well, no, he's he, no, 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 he, Trump he, says he he's got big lesson. balls. Two weeks ago, he said, I'm going to obliterate the deep state. Fuck you. If you're going to do that, you're a revolutionary and you go balls to the walls. Don't tell me you, you become a pussy then. It's and I bullshit. Made it, Anyone I, giving so much excuse should give excuse to your fellow neighbors, not to these people with golden plated toilets. And he doesn't eat McDonald's, okay? He eats grass fed beef, go to his restaurant at John George's, any of that, okay? People need to understand this is fucking theater. You're all being played. And you know what the good news is, Viva? We got about half a billion people throughout the world who know that. I get, uh, you know, we did our, uh, we do an open house, a woman in Christchurch, New Zealand, logged in. She goes, Shiva, I went to a, a big political meeting. I asked, how many people know Dr. Shiva? 50% 50, 50 of the room. They know us. Reince Priebus, who's the chief of staff to Trump, told a friend of mine, okay, who he's on his board. He goes, hey, Shiva's running for president. He goes, that's going to be fucking disruptive. They know about us. So the way that you deal with someone like me, with all my credentials, with all the things I've done, you make me invisible. You don't even, you don't even make me controversial. You make me invisible. That's how you deal with people like me, because I'm the true opposition and our movement's a true opposition. And we're at a very important point in critical history, because when you go back to Gandhi, 
If a movement like ours had been there, we would have had a good revolution in India. If a movement like ours had been there in 1963, the Kennedys would not have been able to co opt Martin Luther King, and that's what they did. Martin Luther King was a black bourgeois who was supported by the Kennedys. The entire march on Washington, as Malcolm X said, was a circus. Malcolm X was suppressed, he was made invisible. Okay? The elites have this down to a science. And Booby fucking Kennedy's father created that science. And the elites created that science. They have an institution right down the street called the Kennedy School of Government. They know how to do this. Well, I mean, I don't, dis I don't think anybody's going to disagree with much of what you're saying. Some people are just going to say, however, uh, you can't be two balls to the walls revolutionary. Otherwise, you end up like Bobby Kennedy's uncle. Uh, and some people are going to say, well, Bobby Kennedy's uncle. Bobby Kennedy's uncle. No, 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 no. Bobby Kennedy's uncle, John F. Kennedy. You know, it's really funny. People say, oh, how did Bobby get shot? How, why was he shot? It's a Who the fuck cares how he was shot? These people are mobsters. They have all sorts of things that you'll never figure out. You should ask, why did your friend's daughter die in a COVID thing? You know, why did, why is the lifespan of working class people going downwards? Why the fuck do we care for elites like this? It's brainwashing that's done from Hollywood down to control people so you pay obeisance to your master. And the Swarm video brings this out beautifully. They want you, how is, is it 1% of people control 8 billion people? It is a technology that they've created. And the technology is to hit you with propaganda, is to give you false heroes, so you become fat, dumb, and lazy and look to them for your heroes. Yeah, well, so, so, some some might go back to Plato and say, you know, it, it's the way it has to work because you can't have a billion well, people controlling themselves. Well, and that's well, that's what the, uh, that's well, not to well, you know what you go back to the Iroquois culture and to the Dravidian culture, okay, and you find that there have been indigenous times when people control their own destinies bottoms up. That is well, a natural way. This is true, an but, unnatural way. No, but Dr. Shiva, not to, this is not to be glib or demeaning to yeah. the history, but. That's true. And where is the Iroquois nation now? They got conquered by the people who, um, you know, who had systems. Yeah, because, because now we can learn from that. We can learn from that. Okay. The learnings from that are very important. Okay. It's a very powerful learning because one of the learnings when you look back at history is you must be very vigilant and you must protect a decentralized movement. And you cannot think that people who come from above are going to help you. You know, it's like this. I did a about 15 years, I was 29 years old, I was invited to a General Motors technology convention, actually to be the keynote speaker to 2,500 GM execs. And I was talking about the invention of email, innovation. The guy next to me is a wonderful guy by the name of Price Pritchett. People should look him up. He's one of the world's leading organizational theorists. And Price Pritchett, and GM was having a bad time. He was saying, look, any organization has three kinds of people. 30% of an organization will be resistors. People will never do what the fuck... They, don't, they just want to sit on their ass, Viva. They like things the way they are. 50% of people like to watch a ping pong game. They like to see who's making the better argument. The 20% are the change agents. Let's not call them revolution, change agents. And he said the problem is many times people want to change the world. They make a very, very critical mistake. They go trying to go convince the guys wearing five masks. Hey, why are you wearing masks, right? They try to go convince the 30% instead of mobilizing the 20%. And that's what we're doing. And that's what I want to do. So when people want to call me arrogant, fuck off. Okay? I'm reading a, a, a comment in our locals community from Switz guy. And he says, I, I, it was Dave Ohio says, the doctor is smart, but he is his own worst enemy. He needs to understand his approach is turning off people. Yeah, tell him to go fuck off. No, 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 let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because 
he wants me to speak the way of the swarm. I'm not going to do that because it's the right curse word for the right person at the right time. And why do I curse? And why do I call him Bobby fucking Kennedy? You know why? Because you have all these fucking neural networks programmed. Who the Kennedys? Why is he saying fuck? Well, because I'm trying to break your neural network. And if you don't break it today, we at least have 20% of people are overcoming it. We had so many volunteers who are signing up to our campaign who are overcoming Trump Viva and are overcoming Kennedy in spite of my harsh language. They're saying, you know what? I don't give a fuck what he says because what he's saying well, is truthful. I'll say this. I, I, look, uh, and it's not this is, again, not a judgment call. It's just a statement of observation. of fact, you have realistically no chance of becoming president where I think you do have a chance of some form of influence is people will get past the abrasiveness and they'll they'll absorb the proper ideas that need to be filtered up to those who are going to be in a position to change. Well, things. well, no, 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 no. That's not what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, I have been able to be quite prescient on everything I've done. And I say that with actual facts, what's going to happen is by 2024, we will have hundreds of millions of people more than we have now who'll say, wow, I understand fucking what Trump and Kennedy are about. They're going to awaken to the not so obvious establishment. Check. That will be done. Check. We will have an educated group of people who say, fuck Kennedy, fuck Trump. I understand why we should have such anger at them. And all these people who say, well, you got to speak like this. That's your typical liberal mentality. Look, Viva, we face that at MIT, the same trend. You have the obvious establishment. These liberals who say, well, you got to say it like this. I understand what you're saying, Shiva, but they don't. If you said it like this and it never works that way. OK, so we could if you want to talk political dynamics, I've been on the ground doing this. And I understand those dynamics. They want me to talk like that, Viva. They want me to become a sycophant. We're not going to do it. We will use these harsh words. It is who we are. And that is how working class people talk. If you want to be a petty bourgeois or bougie, go talk like that and see where it gets you. But that's number two. But by end of 2024, there will be an awakening, a real awakening, not to ever choose the lesser of two evils and never to support people coming from the swarm as your masters. I think maybe we should talk about the lawsuit because- Well, I was gonna say, we have, we yeah. have tw uh, by the way, uh, so everybody who's watching at 10.30, Dr. Shiva, I've got another guest. He was supposed to be at 10 o'clock, but I said, we have to bump it to half an hour because- Okay, so we got 20 minutes. All yeah, right. And, and it's the, he's gonna be talking about an injustice in Canada. You know about the coots for these four gentlemen who yes. were arrested and, and sitting in jail for nearly two years off charges that I'm skeptical of. But. Uh, Jason Levine is in the background. Well, but okay, I'm no, glad you're going to do. You know, we have it's, about four or five thousand people all across Canada. You know, we have, we have a very very Canadians love what we're doing. By the way, um, so let me talk about. Um, by the way, uh, everyone out there, I am running for president. The FEC in 2011 ruled, which is the agency of the United States government, has ruled in 2011 that a naturalized citizen which means I'm going to be very clear. I'm not going to try to, I was born in India. My parents were not born here. I came to the United States in 1970, 1983. I became a naturalized citizen. I've contributed to multi-trillion dollar economies. I've invented, I've been a full participant in the American dream fully. And I'm running for president. You can get these bumper stickers. Okay. They're real. Okay. And we have filed our FEC-1 paper and our FEC-2 paper. It's the first time a naturalized citizen has filed his papers for president and is asserting a very, very important constitutional issue, which has been already decided. Okay, so we have filed a declaratory relief lawsuit, the first of its kind ever, and it's gonna, we're going to win it. 
And 20 years from now, oh, I don't want Saddam Hussein to run. I, that's, I understand why they put in Article 2, Section 1. That's what people will say, right? We don't want foreigners to come in here. You'll realize how stupid it was as, as bad as slavery, okay? So let's go to the foundations of this. Well, let, let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up your lawsuit right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and Barnes and I talked about it. Well, people are getting pissed off at, at uh, Barnes on Sunday night because he's espousing the argument that a, 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 oh, say a native or natural-born citizen who was born of parents who are not citizens can still run, and a lot of people take issue with that. Wait until they hear that someone who's not born in America, Dr. Yeah, Schiff, let, let, let him take the, issue with that. Let him take issue with that. Look, I've had, to deal with right all my, I've had to deal with this shit all my life. When I was in, uh, Viva, just a side note, you know, when I was in seventh grade in this high school, I aced every class. And it's a very funny story. I aced every class. And then the teachers decide they're going to have an exam to determine who's the best student. Guess what? I don't get invited to fucking take the exam. So my parents went in and they said, what the fuck? My son is, has A pluses. And my mom reamed them out. Uh, and it was, you know, predominant. And all my friends were Jewish, Jewish high school. He goes, are you going to fucking create a Hitler? And they said, what are you talking about? Oh, that's 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 anti-Semitic. And then they let me take the exam and I won. So I've always been kept out either because of my skin color, because of jealousy, whatever the fuck. So I've been through this since I've been 10 years old. OK, my entire life. They keep me out of these hearings because they don't want the real deal. They want to give a fucking doofus Kennedy. So let's talk about this lawsuit. OK, so let's begin with the central fact. Um, uh, the first issue to remember is quick education. The, the constitution is a living document. Okay. Which means the articles of confederation came by the way, in the articles of confederation, article two, section one, clause five lays out the definition of the qualifications to run for president. 35 years of age, you have to be natural born and a certain residence period. Natural born is never defined. To give you a very interesting point, a fact, the Maryland legislature decides to make the Marquis de Lafayette, who was born in, in France, and all of his heirs into infinity, natural born citizens. All right? So natural born was never defined in section, in Article 2, Section 1, okay? Uh, clause 5. Yeah, I can't, I, I, won't, pull, I won't pull it up right now, but- yeah, you, you can pull it, yeah. Uh, Okay, so that's the first point. So therefore, all the people who slept in high school and didn't really do their homework, and in fact, many, oh, well, the article is natural born citizen, you gotta be natural born. Well, they forget then the First Amendment came and the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment is the most important amendment next to the 14th Amendment in my view, okay? Which basically said political speech is the most protected speech. In fact, anyone can actually assert their right to run for any office. I'll get back to that, okay? Then, 100 years ago, um, we had a very, very important groundbreaking amendment called the 14th Amendment, and it has the Equal Protection Clause, which states clearly, a natural-born citizen will be treated equally to a naturalized citizen, period. Now, since the passage of that amendment, in recent times, there have been many, many laws. By the way, the 14th Amendment applies to every state. Remember, the United States is a republic, and every state must cannot distinguish between a naturalized citizen. You can't have two tiers of citizenship. And this is what led, remember, this has been around and they didn't allow a black child to go to a public school, right? You had to have armed guards sent in there, Brown versus Board of Education, a historic lawsuit. Got it? Now, since the 14th Amendment, there have been many, many, many Supreme Court rulings, lower court rulings, which have clearly said a naturalized citizen 
must have the exact same rights as a natural born citizen, period. Now, the Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 says he can only be president, which is men. How did that change? If you kept, if you refer to Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5, that means only, well, an amendment came, everyone should remember, called the 19th Amendment. That's why women can run. Well, the 14th Amendment, which came before that, allows me, a naturalized citizen, not only to run, because the FEC has already ruled that, but also, more importantly, be president, period. And we will win this lawsuit in 20 years from now. The lawyers will say, well, I wish I had filed that lawsuit. Obvious, it's fucking discriminatory, period. So we have leaders in every state, and this is what scares them so much. This is why they were making me invisible. You know, you can get these bumper stickers, put it on the back of your car, 100,000 people will see it. But most importantly, is that we need to get on the ballot in every state, Viva. Now, most of the secretary of states are either appointed, dumb, okay? They don't know the law. They're part of this massive bureaucracy. So this lawsuit, if you go to the top of it, it says declaratory relief. So the lawsuit is filed in federal court in DC. The defendants in the lawsuit are Gary Thompson, who runs the election commission, but more importantly, Merrick Garland, who's the attorney general. And why are we filing it against him? Because we want the courts to order Merrick Garland, like Brown versus Board of Education, order him to tell all the states now, hey, this guy's running for office and it's unconstitutional if you stop him from getting on the ballot. So I'm preemptively doing this. Yeah, well, okay. and, and and we, I mean, we've, we've taught everybody watching this channel for a while knows injunctive relief, declaratory relief. Um, and the lawsuit oh, itself, I, I've shared it, I've shared it um, in our locals community. I shared it with uh, with a chat in uh, Rumble. I mean, but the lawsuit's simple. You're, you're preemptively asking not to be, not to be restricted. On, on from three counts, on three counts. First and now the, the issue, the, before you get there, I just want to say like, the joke is going to be, uh, it's it's premature. Uh, it's, uh, what's what, it's premature, no standing, or it's uh, it's moot. I mean, you're, you're going to get, I, I would imagine they're going to say, right. until you have a problem, you don't have a problem. Come back when you have a problem. By then they're going to say, you should have done it earlier. Um, so right. declaratory relief, do not prohibit me, allow me to be on the ballot. Um, ha, you filed your papers. Have they, what, What's the process when you do this? Do they get uh, right. stamped approved? Yes, yes, yes. So you can go look at it, FEC 1 and 2. So what happens is, remember, the FEC, there's also another rule the courts have to do called agency deference. If you're the courts and an agency has already gone through, because there's called subject matter experts, and there's a whole body of law called agency deference. So in 2011, the FEC ruled in their thing, they said, you can't get matching funds, but you can, a naturalized citizen can run for office and raise money. Okay? Period. That's been declared. So when I, so in the United States, before you can run for office, I have to fill out paperwork called FEC 1, which says I'm running for office, and FEC 2, or the other way around, that declares your committee. Got it, Viva? I've filed yep. those, you know, and we've also filed in and and uh, how much donations we raised. You know, we raised a couple thousand dollars. We just started, okay? So the FEC hasn't rejected my lawsuit and my papers. They haven't thrown it away, period. Now the issue is, you know, I'm an educator, man. I educated people on the immune system. So I've always put my butt out on the line. We're going to have to educate all the numbnuts out there who were smoking weed all day in the back of history class that, you know what, shut the fuck up. 14th Amendment is there. And not only can I run, but I can also be president of the United States. And in fact, for the 22 million naturalized citizens, 
it's going to be it's going to be a much better talent pool. We have to understand when the natural born citizen clause was put in place, as well as slavery and among, among other things, it was done at a time when the founders were afraid, right? They were afraid that a prince would come in and become president and when it was a fledgling democracy. That's when it came. We have to understand the context. By the way, do you know, Biva, in Massachusetts, it says for me to run for governor, I have to be a Christian. I have to declare I'm a Christian. These are how archaic the shit is, right? So people just accept it. So my point is that Article 2, Section 1 is old, all right? And I have the, frankly, the passion because of the, what I've contributed to the United States to say, I have the rights. I don't want to be a fucking second-class citizen. I already dealt with that in India. I'm equal. Naturalized citizens equals natural-born citizen. All citizens are equal. That was the 14th Amendment. And get it through your thick skull that abrogates and repeals Article 2, Section 1, uh, Clause 5, period. And what, uh, what will happen, this is my prediction, right? Uh, I have standing because I'm running for office, but they will dismiss it on something else. And it will go to the appeals court. This will go all the way to the Supreme Court. In the midst of this, Vivai predict, as we're getting on the ballot and we submit our, right, every state we have to collect signatures. Some guy, some uh, secretary of state who got a law degree but never really studied the law will say, oh, you can't be on the ballot. And that will create the conditions for us filing a PI, a preliminary injunction, okay? Because we'll have the lawsuit in place. So that's how it's going to go. Yeah, well, and, or, or, or even if, if they declare it, uh, if they dismiss it for, uh, I don't know, not lack of standing now, but it would be not right because there's no, you haven't suffered anything yet. You'll come back and you say, look, I filed, well, then well, you can't see it. Well, we've already suffered. It's called besmirchment. It's called the fact that it's like saying, I can't go to that school because I'm black. I can't run. It's already there. And there's a whole body of law already for that. I didn't, I wanted to make this complaint very tight. It's 10 pages, by the way. A very, very, you know, there's the number one constitutional lawyer on this, Paul Clark, has written a wonderful Illinois Review brief on this. He says it's unconstitutional to not allow a naturalized citizen to be president. Okay? It's the body of work is there, but most people are pussies. They don't want to take it on. Okay? Well, it has to be decided because I didn't come to this country to be a second class fucking citizen. I'm a citizen, period. All citizens are created equal, period. And it's really fucked up that. It's, it's right in our face, man. It's the big elephant in the room. It's like slavery. You know, it's like Brown versus Board of Education. I'm black. I should be allowed to go to the school and the fucking rednecks are stopping you. OK, fuck off. And that's just, what we want Merrick Garland to do. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a very it's an interesting argument. I mean, I'll just bring this up. Now I got the section. No person except a natural born citizen, not defined in any defining section. But some people said that means native. That means born here. Or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this constitution shall at be the eligible. Time of, there you said it. At the time, of, there's a temporal issue there. At the time of the adoption of this constitution. Now, go, go to the section of my lawsuit where I describe the 14th Amendment. And it makes it absolutely clear. And Bowling versus uh, Sharp, very important lawsuit. It extended at the federal level. The Fifth Amendment now reciprocates with the 14th Amendment. Okay. And by the way, to let everyone know, I have litigation experience more than 90% of the fucking lawyers because most lawyers settle on the courthouse steps. I've been in federal court. I've won an injunction. My briefs were so good that the number one law firm's vice chairman thought I was 
making, you know, I had people making up my lawsuits. So I've learned a little bit about the law and I love the law. I wish I could have gone to law school, Viva, because to me, it's a very beautiful subject. You know, it's like engineering in many ways. So, but we're going to win this. And we're, you know, end of 2024, a lot of victories are going to come because we're going to demolish this left-right bullshit and people see what a real candidate looks like, what it means to think beyond left and right. And they're going to raise their consciousness. They're going to have self-respect for themselves. Why the fuck am I supporting a guy who philandered with 38 fucking women and then told his wife, okay, it's okay to go kill yourself, and then brought in the press, this is Booby Kennedy, took beautiful pictures praying over a coffin, and then had it exhumed and put somewhere else. A fucking prick. Dr. Shiva? I relate to some part of, of, I don't know if it's your evolution of your being like, I, yeah, being, being polite and not sharing your opinion doesn't sway minds. The only question is, where's that, where's that uh, well, sweet spot? My in, point in is, I'm middle. not going to change me. This is who I am. You know, you can bring me to the National Science Foundation. I'll give a Fulbright lecture. People say, wow, what a beautiful, but this is why fuck I am. Why should I change the way I am? Go to New Jersey. You do something, it's like, shut the fuck up. People, everyday people talk like this, Viva. They don't put on a face like this, like Bobby Kennedy, and then go bang 38 women in the back. That's a prick, okay? They don't murder people and say, my family. Uh, RFK is the one who escalated the Vietnam War. John Kennedy, oh, we are men of peace. Do you understand the bullshit these people do? I, well, I they, do. They I mean, can take Charles Manson and make him Jesus Christ. I, well, I, I, and I, and the, the corruption is insidious. Um, it, it's just you from know a, where you know where I stand. Well, no, and, and, you always it, know where I stand. It's only for well, and people. And first of all, people can like or dislike you, uh, and they can acknowledge or not acknowledge your accomplishments. Only from a real politique perspective, um, much like Ma I, and I say, Maxime Bernier had no chance of winning. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly but surely. And at the very least. Uh, you can use that opposition voice. That's to not true. Those. Revolutions occur overnight. Well, uh, well, no, but, but no, that's no, like no, that. No. Bamboo grows overnight. Well, hold on, hold on. Bamboo grows no. overnight, but it took years for the root system to to well, to, to well, grow. Yes. Yeah. So, so let me let me. What I'm saying is, you know, I have a book called System and Revolution. It's not to sell a book. People get it for free. Okay. You can down. Okay. Here's a bottom line. When I describe what a revolution is, I describe from engineering terms. It's a phase transition, and it occurs in a hysteresis mode. When ice goes to water, it occurs exactly at 212 degrees, I'm sorry, at zero degrees plus, right? It's, it's a phase shift. So when you have enough molecules vibrating, things occur, and here the molecules are people's consciousness. When not, enough people understand this left-right bullshit, when enough people understand why Kennedy and Trump are scumbags and generalize it, it's fucking over, Viva. And what? mark my words, it's gonna happen in our lifetime globally. Because people are waking up, but the waking up that's occurring, and you're going to see more and more scumbags like the booby Kennedys come everywhere. Talking, 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 two worlds, total company, hypocrites. But our, since our movement exists, which didn't exist before, we're going to be able to expose these people. And that's what scares them. So their only thing is to make me invisible. And I really appreciate you having this conversation. I really do. Well, because I we're talking to the... No, I, I really mind. do, because... No, I, I have to... In spite of the back and forth we've had, I just want to say that you're a fair human being. You're a good human being at a very deep level because all of these other grifters will never put me on because if they put me on, they'll say, fuck, this guy is real. 
And especially a guy like Joe fucking Rogan who follows me, he's had many opportunities, but he knows the day he puts me on, people are going to realize what a fraud he is, that he goes with the wind. He's owned by a multi-billion dollar organization, that he's owned by Ari Emanuel. He's an actor. He watches which way the wind blows. Delayed truth is deadly. But that's why I want to thank you, Viva. And I want to thank guys like you who have the prescience to know you may not agree with everything I'm saying, but you know, you know what? This guy deserves to be heard. And deserves not to be made invisible. And that's fucking important. So well, thank and, you. That's and a I have deed you're doing. I have a, I mean, my philosophy is I don't have to agree with you. And I, I agree with some of what you say, and I will respectfully disagree with other things that you say. And my other philosophy is give it the exposure and for good and for bad, people will judge you, Dr. Shiva. And, and you're entitled to that judgment, especially if you want it. I won't, however, have a discussion with people who are pathological liars. Someone on, on Twitter challenges me, have me on your show. You just lied in a number of tweets. I'm not going to entertain that type of discourse, but certainly legitimate. Uh, legitimate. Right. And, but what I'm saying, Viva, is there's what the establishment now does is put forward their obvious people and then they create the controversy. Trump gets indicted. He makes $20 million. Ooh, Kennedy's bad. He gets promoted. They create theater. And the true people, bottoms up people like myself and others, get made invisible. And the revolution will occur. It's not me or um, um, it, in people's minds when they at least have the opportunity to listen to someone like me who gets made invisible in spite of all my fucking credentials. I just got accepted into Zygma's Eye, which is a senior research society where they have 200 Nobel Prize winners. So I, I have done all the work you wanted me to do. I've aced everything. I've won every award. And you don't put me on your fucking shows and you put a guy who's a degenerate like Kennedy and Trump. Why? I did everything you fucking wanted and you don't put me on. Fuck you. That's what I say. And I say praise to you, Viva, for putting me on because those people are unfair. They're part of the swarm. And that's why change doesn't occur because they hide real change agents like me. And they don't even let people give an offer. Well, let me hear him. Okay, I don't like he's cursing. Yeah, he may be arrogant, but they get to hear my voice. And they don't want independent voices. Because independent voices scare them. And, and Kennedy literally steals my words and makes podcasts out of them. And that's the not-so-obvious establishment. But you've given me the opportunity to call out that bastard and Trump. Yeah, and, and you'll, you'll, make, you'll make thank some you. friends and you'll make some enemies. Uh, Dr. Shiva, thank you very much. You well, are I always thank welcome. thank you, man. Viva, I really, really thank you. I really do from the bottom of my heart. And for all those people who look to me and our movement to have a voice. Because without freedom, without the ability to have discourse, there will never be great science. And without great science and truth, you will never have health. And without health, we can never fight for freedom or truth. And that's what our movement is about. It's about intersecting all these three things, period. And that's what needs to happen for the world to advance consciously, because our leaders reflect our consciousness. If you keep electing people who openly tell you my public integrity and my private integrity don't have to match, you're going to get a scumbag of a society. We have to meld your words and your deeds, like all the ancient sages and the great spiritual leaders always talked about. And we can do that. And it's not like an exception to the rule. It can be what the rule is. And that's so we're at a very important inflection point in human advancement. And that's what we're trying to do here. Excellent, Dr. Shiva. Thank you very, very much. And uh, we will we'll continue to be in touch, but we'll follow the lawsuit and you'll come back on and give us an update. Follow, follow the lawsuit. And we're going to be doing another major lawsuit because I had to wait six months, you know, against DHS and CISA. It's going to be a damages lawsuit for, you know, going back to what the judge did to us here. 
and and I, I'll be doing that myself. So I'll come back on for that. That's going to be a profound lawsuit because we're That's also Musk is also going to be a, a defendant in that. Well, maybe we'll have one day you and Musk and you'll duke it out on the interwebs. I, in, invite invite Kennedy and Trump and me. See if they show up. They won't. <laughs> I might not be big enough for. Uh, I'll extend the invitation. I'd love to have RFK on. There's no question about that. Yeah, but, have uh, Barnes have Barnes modulate it if he wants. I would have Eric Hunley, uh, what's the word, moderate, because he's more, um, you know, he hasn't taken a public position as much yet. But All right. Dr. Shiva, thank you very much. We'll be in touch and we'll keep in touch. Shiva, thanks. Be well, My pleasure. Be the have a thank good one. You. All right, bye-bye. Jason Levine has been in the background. Holy cows. <laughs> he's, had the, he's had the first person view of this. That was phenomenal. I love it. I love, I, I don't even consider that to be a heated discussion. I, um, I, I like and understand Dr. Shiva's passion. I do also understand it's going to rub half the it's going to rub a third of the people the wrong way on one side, a third of the people the wrong way on the other side. It's going to rub some people the wrong way, period. But some people might cling or at least understand, appreciate, and agree with some of the things that Dr. Shiva has to say. Uh, that was fantastic. All right, now we've got to just shift a little bit of tone and uh, country. Jason Levine, I'm going to bring him on in like 30 seconds, is independent journalist. I don't even know what the word is anymore. It's like commentator, truth seeker. And I guess truth seekers have become the modern day independent journalists. Um, and we're going to talk about what the hell's going on in Canada. And I, did I say it like a boot? We're going to talk about the Coots for people. You all know about it because I've talked about it a few times, but we're going to go into much greater detail now. Jason, you ready? Coming in three, two. Oh, I was ahead of the schedule. Sir, how goes the battle? Good morning, Viva. The battle is the battle, absolutely. And it's going good, actually. I got some good news, and I can bring some hope to you today. And I All actually right. just want to comment on Dr. Shiva there. The independent voices, I absolutely would relate to that. He's He is right. We yeah. absolutely need a lot more independent voices, for sure. And, and people can, what I love is he's not, uh, he's not shy. He presents himself. If you don't like it, you won't like it. But at least you won't like what you know, as opposed to not liking what you don't know because you don't actually know what he said. Before we even get into the story here, Tell the world who you are, because I discovered you relatively recently, I think. Um, so I suspect other people might not know of you. Who are you? Well, my name is Jason Levine. I am Alberta. I run a podcast. I'm running for independent as an independent candidate for the next federal election here. And I'm just a truth seeker. So my entire uh, thing here is I, I didn't like what I saw with the convoy and then the subsequent POEC. Um, so I st stood up and, and created a show and I wanted to get the message out because Canada and our media is absolutely not touching any of the important issues here because we oh, have the, quite the, the narrative machine here. Oh yeah, no. The, the coots has been the coots for in particular has been um, muted. Uh, now I won't get into your childhood because we don't have enough time today. No but problem. Just, uh, may I ask how old you are? Uh, Forty-five. Forty-five. May I ask what you did or do in life before having gotten into independent journalism, like tr education and profession? Absolutely. So I'm a nerd. So I do technology. Uh, my first career was technology. So I, I did all the ones and zeros and, and write code. And I did that to about uh, 38. And then I went back to school. So I went to law school to go ahead and acquire a paralegal license because I wanted to have a lot more understanding of the law and be able to work with it correctly. And uh, I graduated and I got my license and I wrote the test on my 40th birthday. So uh, February 14th, uh, 2017, I wrote my exam, passed it and I became a legal a professional on my 40th birthday that, and then I mean, since then I, I got into more things well i mean that, i see that's the biggest congratulations and, and achievement is at a later age i mm. mean I, I, what was the average age of, of the people you were studying with uh, half my were, age for yeah, sure yeah half my age 
intimidating uh, and humbling is, I guess, one word. And also, on the other hand, may maybe empowering in that you know a, sh a lot more than they do. And they don't even know what they don't know yet. And where, where are you located? But just not address, but like province city-wise. Sure. I'm west of Edmonton uh, near a town called Breton, in between Drayton Valley and Breton. We made the news not too long ago with our wildfires here. It was pretty pretty harsh out here. West of Edmonton. Let me just go west ahead and grab a map. Okay, jokes aside, I'll, I'll look at that afterwards. Never eat shredded wheat. So you're closer to the west yeah. coast. I'm such towards Jasper, towards the mountains uh, okay. is where I am. I'm between the mountains and the city in a perfect okay, place to be brought, by the way. Yes. Amazing. So now let's let's I mean, let's get into the story, the story. The, I think everybody knows about the Coots 4, but you certainly know more of the details. I've talked about it and read some of the articles uh, live and, and, and explained it. Talked about it with Jeremy McKenzie when he was on, but even he, he was not directly involved no. tangentially. But tell us about the Coots 4, the role that this this incident played in the invocation of the Emergencies Act and what the hell is going on with these four individuals, these four accused who still, as far as I understand, remain behind bars. If not all four, two of the four, almost two all years later, all of them. So yes. give us give yes. us the lowdown here. Well, if we want to start the POEC, so I know you were covering it, I was covering it, war campaign POEC. was covering it. Ex the that Public is Order the Emergency oh, oh. Commission. Yep, okay. Yeah, and this was the inquiry that's required by law once the Emergency Act is invoked, and it has to happen within the first year. And yeah, we covered it, you covered it, and I believe war campaign covered it, but that was it. For all of Canada, it was me, you, and one other person covering the POEC. And we followed it all the way to the end to the report. And I'm sure you remember there, Visva, that basically the entire POEC pointed to the Coots guns as the real catalyst to create a nationwide emergency for Canada because they tied it to a nationwide organization, which Jeremy McKenzie is very familiar with. And I know you understand is nothing more than a comedy group out of Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. um, so this is how they tied that all together. Now, and during just the to, POE. Just, just to stop you there so that people don't accuse me of straw manning. Sure. The Diaglon thing started off as a meme. Even CTV News wrote an article, meme, or did it? Did people take it seriously? Uh, so it, it started off as a meme joke. Everybody understood that. Even the news understood that. But then you yeah. have your hacks that try to turn a joke into reality and think that by their reporting, they somehow legitimize that absurdity. Sorry, go on. Absolutely. And, it, and with the vice president being a cocaine ad addicted goat. Um, yeah, this is a comedy group. Uh, Philip is he's rough to work with because I had to get an interview with Jeremy and I had to work with <laughs> Philip. <laughs> but at the end of this, what I learned was not only is Jeremy an excellent human being, he's also another political prisoner and he's still going through things right now as we speak. So Jeremy McKenzie uh, was just in court just yesterday dealing with this still. So this is a quite the house of cards that was built up in the POEC, the Public Order Emergency Commission. And then the final report that we got from Rouleau really highlighted and pointed to the stuff that we didn't get to see during the POEC, which was all the in-camera stuff. Now, in-camera means in private. We don't get to see it. And a majority of that was the national security concerns that were caused by the Coots 4. So the way I look at this, Viva, is it's an inverted pyramid of a house of cards. They didn't build a normal house of cards. It's an inverted one. And at the bottom is the POE, is the Coots 4 and the allegations against them. So this is why I think it's incredibly important to pay a lot of attention to what's going on here and what can come out of this. Because if those house of cards fall down, it's Brenda Lucky, the RCMP commissioner, and Trudeau and his entire cabinet that's sitting at the top of that. And the entire POEC could or should uh, fall if this is the case, if this was a false allegation and false imprisonment. 
Well, that that won't happen, um, and they'll never be able. To, <laughs> it, it won't happen, and also there's enough uh, dirt already thrown out there that people will never believe it was absolutely fabricated. Be, be, I'll just just I'm trying to pull up an article from the time, February 24, sure. 2022. Coots arrests new details on the men and women charged in the border blockade because there were two blockades at the time. There was or blockades. There were pr- multiple fronts of the protests. Uh, there was one, the Windsor blockade in Ontario, and then there was, I think it was called the Coots blockade in Alberta. And allegedly, uh, four individuals were arrested on charges of conspiring to murder an RCMP officer. The the smoking gun evidence, oh, it's right there. The smoking gun evidence that they have, Lord knows what's in here because it's just, you know, it's, it's laid out like the FBI laid out Trump's classified documents. Right. The smoking gun, if I can zoom in right here. To tie this into Diagon were these patches right here. Uh, Whether or not any of these firearms were actually unlawful, illegal in Canada, because Canada has very strict long-arm rifles. You can't um, have magazines that carry more than five rounds. Um, There's there's very strict. Whether or not any of these weapons were even illegal, other than looking scary in a picture thrown in with some charges to conspire to murder an RCMP officer, this was one of the pretexts for how dangerous the protest had become. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. For sure. And boy, did they ever point to that picture a lot. And actually, if you pull it up for a quick second, I'll just give you a quick little piece of information on that. There's 15 guns there. The only one that is prohibited is the one we call gun number eight. It's on the right-hand side. It's got the camouflage and it's got the nice scope on it. That's the only gun there that's prohibited. The rest are okay. The handguns also have restrictions on them. So the handguns and the one large gun on the right-hand side with the camouflage, those are the only ones that would be considered to be a a problem. well, uh, sorry, uh, which one did you say the long arm? That one right there. It? Yeah, you're zooming in right there. Yeah. Th- this so, one with the arrow, with the cursor on it? So just to the left of that one. This one. That's the one. Yeah, we call that gun number eight because it's the eighth one there. That one is a prohibited weapon. The rest uh, pro- are prohibited are, outright or prohi- or t- uh, authorized with a special permit? Because the, the small no, ones have their. Okay. So Correct. Outright. So, yeah. So the handguns, you can get it. It's called a um, restricted yeah, pass or restricted yeah. license. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so but the, the other one you can't. Uh, that's what I just want to highlight because the difference is that the small arms are not illegal; they're restricted. You can you can Correct. lawfully own them with a license if you say, and I don't know any better, that number eight is just outright illegal in Canada because of whatever capacity. Uh, then I'll take your word for that as well. But I I couldn't independently verify. Uh, but the, just so sure. everybody knows, distinction between restricted, which means you can still own it with a license, your pal license, small arms, and illegal, as in not allowed even with a license. Gun number eight, apparently. Correct. Okay. Correct. So gun number eight, and I just want to highlight, yes, it's very difficult or illegal for a citizen to own that gun, but we have found pictures of that gun in RCMP videos. Okay. So RCMP do own guns like that. Not saying it's right. that one. We don't know that, but we're just saying they do have access to and that's, it. That's not to say that the evidence could have been, you know, uh, not falsified. Mistakes happen, you know? Like Absolutely. Oh, accidents oh, happen. Accidents happen. Okay. Sure. So the, well, if we want to be accurate... Men, yeah. The four men at the time, what do you know what the details that led to them being arrested? Were they at the yes, protest? From what I understood, the guns were seized not on site at the protest whatsoever. Correct. So I'll take you through minute by minute of their arrest okay, because it's please. a very important point. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, so what we had was the RCMP officer, Roberto McHale, come out and give us an uh, indication of what they were doing. And what she told everybody was this was a separate group from Coots protesters and they captured them and they were violent offenders and they were going to kill 
uh, officers. However, the actual truth is at 9 p.m. February 13th, uh, Chris Lysick, while he was walking around doing a live stream at the protest itself at the Coots border, he was arrested after he made what they called uttering threats. He wasn't arrested for conspiracy for anything. He was arrested at that time for uttering threats. And what he said was he was jealous of the police officer's weapon. So they arrested him at 9 p.m. At 9.50 p.m., also at the Coots border, uh, Anthony, or, yeah, Anthony Tony uh, Olenek was picked up for One mischief. of the four? He's one of the four. Yep. Okay. Correct. So at this time, at 9 p.m., we have one of the four picked up for uttering threats. Uh, we have Tony picked up for mischief 50 minutes later. And then the next morning, very early at 12.30 a.m., uh, Christopher Carbett was picked up in the Coots trailer. This is an important place because this is where the cache of guns was allegedly found. Uh, he was sleeping, by the way. And at this moment in time, Bevan, I think this is important to know. Uh, he knew that Chris Lysick and Anthony were arrested. They all knew that they were being arrested, not being arrested, but that they were arrested. And how did he respond? Did he run away with the guns? Did he go and try and get everybody? No, he fell asleep uh, because, of course, he's, we believe he's an innocent man. Uh, and then the next afternoon on his way to work, nowhere near Coots, by the way, three hours away um, west of Calgary, he was picked up on Highway 22 at 12 p.m., again, charged with mischief. So Chris Carbett in the trailer was charged with mischief as well. At this time, there was no conspiracy to commit murder charges that came onto them. So I want to highlight that because the very next day, like basically at the same time, literally the same time that Jerry's being arrested at 12 p.m. Uh, mountain time is when the RCMP are out there giving the press conference telling us at that time that they're picking up people for charges of conspiracy to commit murder. However, the records show, and we were able to find this out, that uh, Jerry, at the time this uh, RCMP officer is giving us the information, that's the first person charged with conspiracy to commit murder. So at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Jerry was charged. I also want to highlight some weird stuff here on the February 14th to you, Viva, because we have an article from the CBC at the time of 5.54 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, so very early February 14th. They're reporting that the EA is going to be invoked. So before the charges and even before some of the arrests, they were already telling us that the EA was coming out. And then the Prime Minister himself at 1.41 p.m. Mountain Standard Time announced to all of us, the entire world, he's invoked the EA. However, at 4.58 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, that's when the other three men were charged with conspiracy to commit murder. So at the time of the invocation uh, of the EA, they weren't even fully charged. Now, let me... Uh... It's not that I trust, but verify for everybody else out there. Where mm -hmm. can people see your, we're not going to go through your homework now. Where can we see, where can the people test, verify, and maybe even correct your homework in terms of timeline, details, facts like this? Well, we do put it out on our podcast every morning. So we do at least an hour where we talk about this. We've done 20 episodes now. So it's a lot of information sprinkled in there. And we do have access to the disclosure from all sides. So the, the defense and the, uh, the crown. So we have that disclosure. And we went through all of that to confirm our times this morning. Happy to right. share that information with anybody that wants to reach out. Well, yeah, and, and you'll give me your links and I'll put them in there so people can find them afterwards. So the individuals are, are arrested uh, by two days after. So by February, what was the fourth arrest? February 16, 2022? No, so we we're all arrested the 13th and 14th. So by noon on the 14th was Jerry on his way to work. He was the last okay. one picked up. Noon on the 14th and they're arrested. All but one of them are arrested on mischief-ish charges. One of them Correct. Is 
Okay. So Chris Lysick was arrested at 9 p.m. for his comment to a police officer about how nice his gun was and how he wished he had one. So that that's on video. So Chris was streaming when that happened. Um, so we know exactly how this went down and at what time. And also Tony was streaming just before he got arrested, like minutes before. So again, we know where he was and at what time. Um, so and, yeah, and he was out. My follow-up question is, these four individuals have been in jail since that date. 523 days straight. And I want to highlight something that maybe people don't understand. They're not in prison. They're in a place called remand. And in Canada, remand is such a terrible place to be that we give you two to one on your time there. It's time served. So when you do some time there, let's say you did 100 days, it'll count as 200 days because it's a horrible place to be. There's no gym. You can't see your wife. There's no conjugal visits. In fact, prisons is upgrade when it comes to the remand center. So they've spent 523 days in the worst place to possibly be when it comes to the justice system here in Alberta. And I'm just I'm just googling one article right now which says I'm not going to bring it up uh I don't want it says remand oh this is a uh, looks like a, 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 a not a charity but a, a John Howard Society of BC fact sheet someone in remand is either placed in pretrial center or in the provincial correctional facility those in remand custody prior to trial there's concern about deprivation of freedom uh, mm -hmm. most especially if there is the possibility of infringement of these rights these individuals are oh, very serious very scary charges uh, consp conspiracy to commit murder everybody has to fully appreciate even according to legal scholars in canada there were examples of someone who attempted to commit murder on a police officer still got bail the 100 um, in toronto we have a police an, an accused police officer killer out with the gps tracker yep and uh the man who ran over four protesters winnipeg. in winnipeg released on bail. it was a big bail i think it was seven hundred fifty thousand, but i don't know how much they have to put up on that released on bail attempted actual attempted murder released on bail these four individuals accusations of conspiracy to commit murder no act of violence or right. anything that i know of still in jail nearly two years later all right um, absolutely and, and what we can talk about here is about how the media has been treating this it's very weird because not only has our mainstream media not been covering this but even our alt media hasn't been covering this and i can actually talk a bit about this media ban that everybody's been talking about if you like go go, go ahead talk about the, the media ban because look i first of all i some of these cases have gag orders on them. I'm not sure about this sure, one. Sure, it happens. Uh, but, but also, we're not, we're not talking any specific detail that would even be covered by a gag order. And then I'll entertain the ideas as to why you think alternative media might not be talking about it. But, but uh, For sure. The, the, the floor is yours, sir. Sure. So we have a thing called an information to obtain. This is used to file for a warrant. These are documents that are created by the police officers or Crown or whoever is trying to attempt to get a warrant. They're called an information to obtain. There was 10 of them uh, created for this particular matter. Four of them are completely banned from publication because of the content of it. The court did not want the content of that out. The other six have sections that are redacted. Those are under the publication ban. Viva, that's it. Everything else was allowed. The entire court conversations, the witness statements, everything else was allowed to be publicized, just not the contents of four ITOs and then sections of six other ones. That's what the media then said is a media ban. And that's what they used to go ahead and be silent about this. But I want to highlight something to Viva. Nothing's changed in court at all in the last uh, year about the publication ban on these items. Nothing's changed. Yet Rebel, True North, and others are now talking. So I believe they understand the media ban a little bit better now that it isn't one. And now they're starting to talk, which is good news for the men. But uh, there was no media ban.
Okay, and now is the uh, is the theory a sinister one or rather one of ignorance and reliance? Uh, and I and I and I, I would I, I would put one to the sinister category. The other two probably just following along. Uh, Rebel had a uh, truckerlawyer.ca website which told everybody they'd be supporting the legal fees for anybody associated with this. None of these men have received any legal assistance. Uh, and, and full disclosure, I happen to like Rebel, and it's not to say that yeah. nobody, nobody's, I... nobody's infallible, nobody's perfect, but, and there's no but. So, you know, you're telling me this, the question is this, uh, who are their lawyers and how are they raising legal funds or assuming their legal fees? Well, I got a couple of the names of the lawyers, but what you should know is they only have one original lawyer. So Tony uh, has his original lawyer that was there all along, and she's wonderful, and she's doing a great job, and we'll get into a little detail what she found in a second here. Um, and then two of the men have legal aid lawyers, and they've been swapping lawyers throughout the entire thing, the other three. They've been firing Le some. Legal aid lawyers. Yeah, and, and two of them that, have legal aid. That's no judgment. That's just to say they apply for, and it has to be, a, the legal aid lawyer has to agree to take up the file. Right. Now, the way it's kind of laid out is is Tony's lawyer is basically leading the whole charge because they're all mm -hmm. tried together here on this one. And by the way, they still don't have trial date. We're in pre-trial motions still. We, we're looking at maybe May and June for a trial date on these gentlemen. And I'm, I'm, that, will, that, will, that will take us close to August 2024, which will be um, a 30-month uh, limit, and then they might be set free. And I also want to highlight, the men don't want that to happen. The men want their day in court because they want to clear their name. They don't want to be released on a technicality. Well, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate that sentiment. I would not want to, I would not trust the system for these uh, people to get a fair trial. Um, and just so that, I forget what the name is in Canada, but there's a charter violation. If you don't have a speedy trial, your charges are stayed. It just occurred for a pedophile, an accused pedophile right. in Nova right. Scotia, uh, but not for these two men who are still sitting in pretrial detention and have yet to have their trial. It's 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 an obscenity. It's an obscenity. Even if they had committed an actual uh, murder, they should have had their trial. Oh, let me rephrase. If they were accused of having committed an actual murder, they should have had their trial by now uh, and not be held up in in, in court indefinitely uh, yeah and to, to highlight aside. on that one viva yeah to highlight on that one we had the poec in the meantime so the government was able to get their information together for this incident bring it forward to the committee and make judgments on it and come to a conclusion so they had enough time to prepare their de defense of what they're doing here so why not go ahead with the trial just as speedy uh there's a question mark around that well especially i mean i don't even know what what new evidence have they um adduced or or i should say how have they been dragging their feet in terms of providing the evidence uh, to the to the accused? It's a uh, it's full disclosure, correct? I mean, I, I've never correct in law, but it's they have to turn over everything to the accused. Uh, well, in, you know, well. go on there. From what I understand, there there may be some issues about exculpatory evidence having been turned over to the defendants. Right. So there was a really interesting thing. So just to let everybody know in Canada, ideally, the Crown will give you all, all the uh, disclosure, but not always. Sometimes you have to do an application for disclosure when you're aware of something or you need some more information or there seems to be something missing. So as a defendant, you have to really be on top of your game to make sure that you're getting all the information out of them. We saw Jeremy McKenzie do this yesterday, an application for disclosure. Uh, but the gentlemen have done that. Now, let me tell you what happened. This is really cool. Um, so they received disclosure last minute, last second, just like we saw in the POEC, thousands of documents were dumped on them. So the defense, Tony, asked for uh, an adjournment to go over those, and she got it. 
Now, what happened was uh, something was found, uh, what we were told, and again, we can report this, there is no media ban. Um, there was disclosure provided that was unredacted. It was originally, I guess, intended to be redacted, but it was not redacted. So the defense got a piece of disclosure that was incredibly exciting to them. So what they did is they put together an argument, filed an application, a CC1, which is an application to the criminal court to have something done. And we don't know the contents and exactly what was found, but Viva, the chief, the crown chief, deputy chief prosecutor at the Alberta Prosecution Services, his name is Steve Johnson. He's been prosecuting this entire matter. He was not in court on June 29th. He was not welcomed and not allowed to be. Let me explain to you why. The defense found something that has them referring to him as a witness in this matter now. Now, Viva, you know, witnesses cannot sit in trial. They have to be outside. They can't be sitting there for the due influence that may happen. So the deputy chief prosecutor for this matter and his psychic, his assistant, were not in court on June 29th. There was a third person there from the Crown's office who was very confused about what was going on. What ended up happening was... Go ahead. This, it, it actually sounds a little bit like what we saw in the Zachariah Anderson trial, where you might have had a prosecutor who I have no knowledge of what happened in the Coots case. In Zachariah right. Anderson's case, you had the prosecutor meeting with witnesses uh, without disclosing it, potentially for the purposes of allegedly. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, change or uh, influencing that that testimony and thus excludes themselves as a prosecutor for certain portions because they've made themselves witnesses or. Another thing that I know in a separate case, don't know if it has anything to do with this one, what Jeremy McKenzie discovered, the text messages between RCMP officers for the protest, let's bring in the horse and if the horse gets killed or, you know, something along those right. lines. So could be, hypothetically, I have no knowledge. These are two things that I know from experience. So, sorry, please carry That's on. That's incredible that you brought up the Jeremy McKenzie one because I have a second source of that one. Uh, Bridget Belton said the same thing. Uh, she received the text earlier before it happened. We can get into that another day, Biva. Uh, yeah, no, well, but, Jeremy talked about that. That's why he's public enemy number one for the RCMP. He humiliated them by releasing those texts that he somehow got. Yeah. Okay. Now, now to finish up what's going on here. So the RCMP then was very curious on what's in this sealed envelope. Uh, so they've been told to go get counsel so if they can get access to that uh, sealed envelope. And the uh, Alberta Law Society is now involved as well. And you know they get involved when there's misconduct with lawyers. So we now have the Crown, who's not no longer there because he's been referred to as a witness, and a possible defendant. I forgot that part. So that came out in court, uh, that he may be a possible defendant in this matter. And this is the Crown, the, the deputy chief. Um, and then we also had the Law Society, and then we have the, the RCMP being told to lawyer up. So the good news is on uh, Tuesday, July 25th, just next week, uh, we'll be back there in court, and we're going to see what happens from this, because we should be getting some sort of result from uh, the, this um, uh, CC1. Criminal court hearings are, are public by rule, unless it's you know related to this stuff. A lot of the stuff has been done in camera or uh, you know behind closed doors. Yeah, none of this has, by the way. That's why there was no media ban. There's none of uh, this. Are you publicly uh, open. You're going to go in person to the courthouse. Absolutely, I'll be there the whole week. I did. I think we're we're gonna, we'll be talking next. Well, it is. Uh, it's next week. It's July 25th. It is. Yeah, yeah. So the 25th okay. on Tuesday, I'll be in Lethbridge, and I'll be streaming in the mornings. And I'm happy to come on and give you updates ah, if you like a thousand, that. Just don't stream in the courthouse. Don't take pictures in the courthouse. You can get no. A we are. <laughs> well, actually, we're, we're seeking permission because in Canada, if you get permission, you can record. Um, so we're hoping that we can record at least the audio. But we're working with the court on that. We won't be doing okay, anything that causes problems. Uh, fascinating stuff. All right. Um, where were we in terms of timeline? And uh, I think we're... Well, 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 let me well, now talk about... Going. 
Sure. Let me talk about how we're getting this information out because this mainstream media wasn't assisting us at all. Um, so what we did is we reached out to a whole bunch of people that we knew and eventually we got a hold of, uh, well, he actually got sent to us, uh, Gord McGill. From, he writes for Newsweek. Yep. So he came in and interviewed us and I have an entire episode where he's sitting there interviewing us. So you guys can watch this. We're very transparent here on this show. And from that article, we've now gotten a lot of attention. Fox News has reached out to us. Uh, Rebel is now writing about it. Uh, True North is now writing about it. So I'm very excited that now the word is starting to get out and more and more people are understanding a whole bunch of things. One, there's no media ban. We can talk about this and we really should be talking about this. And two, the entire POEC hinges on what happened here in Coots. So let's get to trial. Let's actually start seeing some of this evidence because we do have a disclosure. I'm telling you, I don't see it. I don't well, see... And, and I will, after this stream, I'm going to go flip back to that portion of the POEC where Justice Rouleau talks about the Coots as the the catalyst. I mean, literally the catalyst right. like this. It was, it, that was the basis for the violence, the fear of violence, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and right. that's and not we, to say, we... it's not to say that these charges are totally trumped up and, and manufactured, but crazier things have happened and you'd have to be very naive to not think that that's a possibility. Absolutely, because if this is all really just perfectly fine, there's nothing wrong here, it still doesn't tell us why there's no bail. Why can't we put GPS on these guys? Why can't we take away their passport? We do this, like you said, for the guy in Winnipeg. The he only, his, only, yeah, his only conditions was stay away from Winnipeg. You're not allowed to welcome back in Winnipeg. And, 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 and a large a large bail, I think. Large, large cash. Yeah, and we do 10% here in Canada. And then I believe he had a GPS tracker. But that was it. Like, he had conditions and he's allowed to be free until trial. Because in Canada, we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. These gentlemen are not receiving that treatment right now. And and tell us about the treatment they are receiving in jail, because I understand it's it's inhumane. Viva, this is bothering me a lot because we just read a bunch of messages from each man. Uh, we have friends and family on every Friday, so we got a message from each man and read it out. Whew. Tony explained to us how happy he was because he saw a magpie through a window. And Chris told us how happy he was because he got to spend some time with a grasshopper. And we also got one from Jerry who said, I got a beam of sun in for about a half an hour and I got to watch it move across the wall. These men are in solitary confinement for 22 hours a day. They're not in general population. They don't get good food. They don't get medication. One of our gentlemen needs um, uh, medication, but not medication. He needs supplements. And because the Alberta Health Services in Alberta does not see those as medication, it's not available to the men. They can't get anything that can't come through Alberta Health Services. So simple supplements for his knees, he can't get. And just yesterday, I'm happy to report that Chris Lysick, after a year and a half, got contact lenses. He can now see again. Can I ask the naive question? Why are they not in Gen Pop? Why are they in solitary? Because they're worried about them talking. They're keeping them separate. So two of them are in Lethbridge, and I believe two, one goes to Medicine Hat and one goes to Calgary. The two in Lethbridge can't be on the same floor. And if they do, for whatever reason, for crowding, have to put them on the same floor. There's guards on them specifically. They don't get to have the ability to speak. And I also want to highlight one of them is married. And well, I was get just ask that. No, uh, four men are one, only one married. Do any of them have children? Not that that makes There's seven children. There's seven children. There's two birthdays, two Father's Days so far that went by for all of them. There's seven children here. It, it, it is, it's unforgivable. Um, and, and even if convicted, it would be unforgivable because 
I, I say that just worst case scenario, they've stood justice. And even in prison, I presume that they would have, I mean, especially from what you're explaining, they'd have more rights than they currently have. Correct. It's prison it's would be an upgrade for them. Correct. You would get conjugal. There's a gym. You have a routine. You have your own cell. You have some stability. And you also know when you're getting out. They're in purgatory, really, right now, because they have no idea what's going to happen. Not a clue. They're just sitting there waiting. This is the worst way to hold somebody, absolutely, for sure. It's supposed to be a temper. Let me tell you also about what the prisoners say or the people that come in. There's some hardened criminals that have come, left, and then came back. And then they say, what? You guys are still here. Just call a lawyer. You'll be out. So it's very surprising to hear these kind of stories coming from even hardened criminals. They're surprised because you're supposed to be in trial or in prison. You're not supposed to stay in remand indefinitely. Um, okay, keep going. I mean, so what? what, what yeah, let me, the, the, yeah, let me tell it. you the, the, the angels that have showed up for this. So there's a, there's a young lady, we call her Granny, but it's Margaret Mackay, who's been following this from almost the very beginning. And because of her, she's been keeping on top of this, talking to the men every day, talking to families every day. She's become a liaison for the family. She's on our show every day for 20 days now. She's been telling us everything she knows. I also want to highlight Danielle. She is an amazing young young lady. She's a friend of Tony. So from the very beginning, she's been recording and going to court and taking notes. She's got all the news articles. She's got everything. And she's also been correcting the media. So when the media does say anything, she goes out and does stuff like that. And we also have Donald Best, who's a 15-year Toronto police officer, who he himself was set up, put into prison for 63 days, solitary confinement. They had to put him there to keep him alive because he's a copper. And once he was vindicated, it was proven that some lawyers and a judge got corrupted uh, he got vindicated and now he's sitting here telling us about uh, his experience and he became a corruptions investigator so every morning myself donald best granny mckay and danielle we sit and talk about this we talk about the guns we bring in a gun expert we talk about the men we bring in the family and the entire time we're highlighting this entire story and all the different pieces of it i think it's worthwhile for some people to go check it out because if you want to know about the guns we have a gun expert that came in and talked about it this is how uh, we know when you say about the guns, you mean the legality of the lawful ownership or possession of the guns? Correct. Yeah, okay. so we look at the models, we've checked it, cross-referenced it, and find out if they're registered requirement, if they're restricted, or if they're prohibited. We went through all of that to make sure we understand. And so that's, Eva, that's the, interesting, because from, from a factual perspective, from your analysis, and people can take it for what it's worth, all of the guns were either unrestricted or potentially lawfully uh, ownable, except gun number eight in Canada. Gun number eight, and then the handguns had restrictions. Yeah, well, the, that's the, that's the, restrictions means you can still lawfully own them. Do we know if these guys correct. had their PAL licenses? They did. So there's no there's no problems with PALs. And by the way, these were hunting weapons. So Chris Lysick was going to shoot foxes and coyotes with his. These were not, but the media says it is. Um, the the small arms. I mean, the handguns you don't use for hunting, or I mean, I don't I don't know what what use. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And through our but research, they have their, they have their permit, like the PAL is a personal acquisition license, I think, or something. Private. They have their license. You can apply for it. I've, I've been saying for a while, like owning a gun in Canada is a liability, even if you go through the rigmarole, whatever that word is, of getting the mm -hmm. license. But they had their PAL licenses. So even if those are restricted small arms, they can be lawfully owned. And by all accounts, right. they, it seems like they were, but for this conspiracy to commit murder. What, what is the extent of the conspiracy to commit murder, to flesh it out for anybody who doesn't know? 
Sure. And that's a great question because disclosure hasn't provided that to us, uh, Viva. So what we know is there was two undercover agents who claim without recordings and it wasn't tapped. They didn't have recordings on them. These uh, two officers that claimed to have been undercover agents that got the information. According to them, there was conversation. But again, there's no recording. And all we have is stuff that we can't talk about much more because they are part of those the publication ban. But what I can tell you is there's no there's no wiretap. There's no recording of the conversation. Well, uh, so we really don't know. No, no text message from from one to the other saying, let's meet up at, at five o'clock to do this. No, but I can tell you that the uh, affidavit from these two police officers, they contradict each other quite a bit. And they don't uh, provide anything that substantiates con uh, uh, conspiracy to commit murder, at least in my so the, assessment the, the, of it. The bottom line, and from your understanding, the evidence to even support the allegations is... What two undercover agents said, there's no written exhibit, there's no uh, audio recording tap that would substantiate this. It's uh, they said, and four people have been in jail for 500 and some odd days now. Correct. And, and from what we found in the POEC, they said on February 12th, which is two days before the arrest, February 12th is when they started to get intel about these gentlemen. So from February 12th to February 14th, we don't see the intel they didn't provide in disclosure. There isn't much there at all. And now I'll ask the question, not that past is necessarily prologue. Do any of these men have any prior convictions, violent or otherwise? Great question. Three of them have a completely clean, clean record. One of them has a juvenile record that was a conditional release. So he didn't actually get convicted. Clean enough, in other words. Not that it yeah, means that someone enough. who's got a clean record is not going to go out and commit conspiracy to commit murder against an RCMP officer. But if I had to bet, I know where I'd be hedging my bets. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and 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 fully functional contributing members of society. What did they do uh, for work before getting locked up for two years? Nearly. Well, Jerry was a lineman, so he goes up on the wires and he does all that stuff. Uh, Chris Carbert was a landscaper. He had his own business, very successful, award-winning, by the way. He won lots of awards with his business. Um, Chris Lysick, I'm quite, I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna have to check my notes on that, but he was just an average guy. And then Tony, he was an <clears throat> excavator operator and then basically a heavy equipment operator. So these yeah, are just regular Albertans. Okay, you got, you got uh, at least on my end, the audio got garbled there. What, what was the, 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 the fourth person? Uh, the fourth person is Chris Cartman, no, not Chris, uh, Tony. So Tony, um, sorry, I kind of lost myself there. So Tony oh, no, was just... a lineman. Okay, go, go through the four one more time to serve it. Okay, yeah, so Jerry's a lineman. Chris Carbert, Carbert was a landscaper. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Lysick, I'm not quite sure. And then Tony was an excavator operator, heavy equipment okay. operator. Perfect. Um... So regular Albertans, regular Canadians. In fact, I want to tell you about their message. Um, two of them found faith in there, so they do Bible studies. So uh, Tony, he runs a yoga class, of all things, to keep people together when he has his two hours out of solitary confinement. Keep in mind, 22 hours solitary, two hours out. Um, and then Chris Carbert as well. He's opened up a Bible study, and he's looking at maybe becoming a pastor, and he's been working that uh, path as well. And when you hear messages from them, there's no hate or anger. In fact, in fact, Kobe or Kobe, uh, Chris Carbert says he wants to help the people in the remand because it's horrible there. So this person who the government wants you to believe wanted to take down the government actually wants to improve the system that is against him at this moment. That's amazing. When I, when I had the, the lectern guy on Adam Johnson, he says, you know, after his experience that he got out after 71 days, he says it's, it's unfathomable, incomprehensible, unconscionable, even if these are hardened criminals, uh, many of whom are not, many of whom are suffering sentences that far exceed the gravity of the crime, the conditions are inhumane. 
um, in yeah. the state. I presume it's it's no better in Canada. It might just be a smaller a smaller population proportionate to the society. And let me tell you what a guard told Tony not too long ago. Or no, sorry, it was Jerry. Because Jerry's been put in the max punishment. He's with hardened criminals, like gang bangers and stuff. He's in the max stuff. Um, a guard came up to him and said, listen, I thought you were a white supremacist. You, you don't you don't seem to be one. And this was after getting to know Jerry over time. So they were informed that these are hardened white supremacists coming in that, that go after government. So the guards were prepared for that. The guards are turning. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not quite right. Um, okay, any, any more material facts that people have to know in order to appreciate the situation? I would say that um, the whole charging and how the RCMP officers and how the EA came out, the timeline doesn't work well. The EA was first talked about on February 12th. They first started talking about this group in February 12th. And if this group was so hardened and so horrible, why didn't they just go pick them all up as soon as they had enough? They didn't. They let them go to the Coots border crossing. Go. Two of them were down there. One fell asleep. Another guy went home, went to work the next day. These these gentlemen were not picked up together. And also the cache of guns that you see on the table, there's 15 of them. Only six of them are attributed to the men. The other nine, we don't even know who the owners of those are. I'm sorry. Let's just stop right there. How do you know that? Disclosure. <laughs> they were all picked up in the arrest records. Crap. Hold on. I took the picture away, but now I want to get back to that. So that is to say of that entire cache... What you're saying? 15 guns. Yeah. Yep. Six are attributed to the gentleman. Two that are not in the picture because Jerry was not picked up till the 14th and he had, his two guns were in his truck with him. So Jerry has two guns that were in his truck. They're hunting guns. Keep that in mind. Yep. Not in that cash picture at all. That's, um, that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So six of the weapons were picked up with Chris. We got that from the arrest records. And then there were other weapons picked up in other locations and put on that table. Okay. And so ownership of those other weapons, we're not sure. But unknown. My goodness, Ownership's unknown after our research. And we're not even sure which ones are the men's because we don't want to, we don't know that, but we know how many weapons they were picked up with. So we know that six of them are attributed to the men that are on that table and uh, two that are not on that table. And I also want to highlight some false rumors. So there's a lot of people with false information showing that picture around saying it's an old one. That's not true. We We strongly believe that picture is genuine. It is a picture of stuff on february 14th uh so there's some false rumors out there that i'd like to kind of put to bed all right now i've just got a text message from my wife saying we gotta go with an exclamation point because we're we need to be out of this place very soon but no um, problem i appreciate no, it and, and, and by the way first of all I'm, I'm, my apologies for having uh but well actually both interviews have gone longer than anticipated but the, this is information that needs to get out so the four minutes well, and now the, people can follow the details. The problem is, however, sometimes it just becomes too difficult to follow that people will tune out. The bottom line, I mean, I, I, I went through McGill's article the day before mm -hmm. yesterday, uh, and, it, and it sums it up. There's, there's an opinion in there, but there's also fact. These men have been charged with conspiracy to commit murder of an RCMP officer, which is a serious charge. That, that photograph that they were blasting around the media at the time of the arrests to show how violent and dangerous this protest was, was bullshit at the time. And I, and I called it bullshit at the time because I, I knew even at the time, the picture, the weapons were seized uh, uh, far away from where the protest was occurring. That doesn't mean it's not related. That protest had nothing to do with the occupation of Ottawa. All of this was lumped together with, with the rumors, the fog of war at the time to create mm -hmm. a fear for January 6 that never culminated. Uh, this was used as the pretext to declare the Emergencies Act for Justin Trudeau to declare because right. of the violence. 
uh, Rulo heavily relied on those arrests and that allegation to um, substantiate, legitimize uh, Trudeau's invocation of the act. I mean, that's basically the base on which he, that's he the ratified only one. And uh, these men, guilty or not, have been sitting in torturous, inhumane conditions for damn near two years off charges which any other non-political prisoner would have gotten bail under whatever sure. restriction. I mean, you imagine, first of all, the bail that Tamara Lich, uh, Chris Barber, Pat King got was, was or, no, they didn't actually, uh, I forget what Pat King got once he finally got it five months later. The, the, the terms of release that Tamara Lich got were excessive for her charges, but at least she oh, got for sure. conceptual freedom. These guys, worse, uh, definitively worse criminals have gotten bail. Uh, and these guys are are nothing more and nothing less than political prisoners of Justin Trudeau because this inexplicable, incomprehensible, and absolutely legally unjustifiable that they have not been given bail pending the trial, period. Let me add one uh, piece here before before you please. leave. And I'm sorry to your wife. I'll say that first. Um, <laughs> the East Coast, I'm sure you're aware that we had a massacre over there. There's some guy that acted like an RCMP officer and, and created a lot of damage over there. This is the Nova Scotia shooting, which I've I've talked about. Multiple yep. times, Jeremy McKenzie talked about it uh, right at the beginning of COVID. A lot of questions about it because this individual was able to pull out four hundred and some odd thousand dollars cash from a special bank account that he had, driving around an RCMP cruiser, which we're still not sure if it was fake or legitimate, wearing a uniform. <laughs> Lots of questions. Sorry, but let me tell you what happened with that one. So Brenda Lucky is on a recording, uh, trying to contact the dispatchment over there and asked them. And again, this is on recording. Can you give me the details of the guns? We need to politicize the guns okay the yep. response from her own rcmp officers at that time is absolutely not you should not be talking to us about that we'll have an open active investigation we do not want to give the information about the guns out because we do not want any accomplices possibly out to there to know anything about what we know look at now what they did here the exact same day they put guns on the table they're not going to go for fingerprints there's no dna testing this is not how you handle weapons you don't put it in the press and they were telling us the entire time this is a big conspiracy canada wide so there must be other accomplices why in the world are they treating alberta and showing the guns like that when the proper way to do it is bag everything you're gonna, you're gonna print it you're gonna get dna you're gonna be searching for other people you're not gonna tell the public what you got but yet in Alberta, within an hour of making the announcement, this this photo's out. No, it, that's it, not, it, that's it not was, how they operate. It was a well, it was a PR campaign, and I guess Trudeau learned his lessons from the military as to how to use propaganda during a time of crisis. I mean, it, it was a, it was a media campaign run by Justin Trudeau's CBC, CTV, Global Correct. News subsidized media. Simple as that. That doesn't change whether or not they're guilty. It certainly changes the Correct. modus operandi. So. Um, politicized yeah. it in our world. That's politicized it. If you're doing uh, that, po it's politicized, weaponized, and compromised. Right. I mean, you're compromising any investigation that you have if it's legitimate, and then keeping Absolutely. them in jail. It's 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 uh, it's unconscionable. Um, the the Nova so Scotia. Yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. happy to to update you each day that we do this. I'll come back as often as you like. Yeah. So I understand that you have to run, but happy to let people know about our show every morning, 6 a.m. Please Mountain time. let them know. And after this is over, you'll send me your links and I'll put them all in the, the pinned comment, both on YouTube and when I pop put stuff there and rumble. But please tell everybody who you are and where they can find you and how they can support you. Absolutely. So you can find me as Jason Living MP everywhere. So that is for member of parliament. I, I saw you ask that. But yes, I am running for a member of parliament. And I'm on Rumble, YouTube. I'm on all the major platforms. More importantly, make sure you go check out the Facebook group page, um, Alberta Political Prisoners. This is run by Granny Mackay. That's got the best information about everything on it. And you can also check out her website. 
And I believe that's Granny Mackay, so M-A-C-K-A-Y dot C-A. And from there, you can find out how you can support the men, get more involved, write letters, that kind of stuff. And it's a good way to kind of connect with the men. Right. Yeah, at least for now in the chat, I'm going to give everybody your Twitter feed and they can go find the other links from there. Uh, just to let everybody know, I screen grabbed all of the chats because I'm going to have no time now to go through them. I'm going to go through them later, either on a separate stream or on a Locals exclusive. And um, I'll get to all of them in vivabarneslaw.locals.com. Jason, you know, I, I think we, we've covered the material facts in a concise enough uh, period of time that people can know to be outraged because guilty right. or not, you should be outraged. And I'm going to go ahead on a limb and predict that these men were absolutely set up in bogus, if not outright bogus, at the very least, absolutely exaggerated charges, um, politically motivated and politically exercised. That's my prediction. That's my opinion. And we'll see what happens. Um, I have no counter arguments for anything you just said there. Right, we, we just saw how, we saw how it played out with all of the other nonviolent uh, uh, accused who were detained for excessive periods of time. It's yeah. um, it's it's. It's authoritarian level stuff. It's it's Putin level stuff. Ironically enough, from uh, a government that sits there criticizing Putin all the time for, you know, uh, excessive jail, uh, being harsh on journalists, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jason, keep up the good work. You, you st stay. We'll say our proper goodbyes in a second. Everyone in the chat. Sure. Uh, this has been uh, this has been uh, a very interesting morning, <laughs> and it's almost not morning well, anymore. Um, everyone well, in the chat. Beaucoup. Oh, merci yeah, beaucoup and God bless you. Missy. Thank you very much. Stay here. We'll, we'll say a few words afterwards. Everyone out there, go enjoy the day and thank you all for being here. Peace.